They want to get my gold on the ceiling. I ain't blind. Just a matter of time before they steal it. It's all right. Ain't no catch in my high. <laughs> no man that was great i think i got it wrong yeah. at the end but hey no man you did it perfect are, are the black keys still together yeah i think so i think they do they have an any album. albums coming out or I what i think they put one out last year i think it was I mean, i'm so disconnected from music man it's hard for me to just like get absorbed to a song yeah. these days right well yeah like you have so much going on man it's <laughs> like, i like listening to music i don't like listening to radio i can't tell you the last time i ever heard radio man yeah I don't understand, yeah. but yeah, like for me, it's just like satellite radio or just like podcasts, yeah. audio books, yeah. and uh, yeah, and yeah. that's it, man. Yeah. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. I know it's a long Thank time you, coming, man. man. I've been trying to. When was the last time I saw you? Last year? Yeah, we uh, we went up flying together. Yeah, and, yeah, we uh, took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. Like, I, <laughs> Thanks, I really, man. I really do appreciate it, and it's yeah, it's an honor. It's been a while since we had uh, a drywall guy in the show. Yeah, you had a guy a few years ago. I think he was from like. Kitchener Waterloo or Guelph, yeah, yeah, no, no, Teddy, West. Teddy, yes, yeah, yeah, totally. He's, uh, I think he's still doing drywall. He listens, so mm-hmm. he's probably totally going. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about me, man. Uh, but he's yeah. teaching too. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's actually one of the schools out that in Kitchener Waterloo area, and he's, uh, yeah, he does. A, it was, that was a fun show. That seems like the way to go. Like if you're, it's either because it's tough to be on the tools forever, right? You can't trace people. Can't. Yeah, you're planning your exit. <laughs> <laughs> you're too young to plan your as again. I was, man. I was. I wanted to do the pilot thing. I know, and that's interesting, right? So I want everybody to know that we're gonna talk drywall. Obviously, we're gonna talk yeah. your like your business owner as well. But then during the pandemic, you got your how many licenses for flying? Yeah, I got my uh, my PPL, so my private license, and then my CPL, the commercial. And uh, yeah, like I wanted to get into that. I wanted to do that as a career, but it's like I have so much respect for the guys that that like push through it because starting off is just poverty wages it is yeah and even now in canada now yeah 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 it's not that bad i mean you're making more money drywalling oh yeah even if i worked (laughs) for another company yeah so it's just like (laughs) so let me do the deets here i want to do first shout out to bryant i got his t-shirt uh target uh, contracting so plumbing uh thanks so much for the tea fits perfectly and but i got rob rosati it's rosati right yep rosati and it's ra rosati drywall inc and his email or his website is triple w rosati drywall.com his phone number is 647-218-1168 and his email is rosati drywall at hotmail.com and on ig it's rosati drywall you ain't spending that much time on social these days eh? no no i try not to yeah you know what you're not the only one. I've, I've toned down lots of people. I was actually talking to Jason recently. He listens to and, and he was like, listen, man, I'm just trying to disconnect, focus more on my family. I want to just focus on more good things. And I'm like, stay the path, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I've got a few core clients that, that, you know, we work with and, and I'm happy with them. They're great. And they give us a ton of work and it's like, you know, I don't feel the need to, uh, you know, like it'd be nice to have like a couple extra, but, like I'm, I'm pretty good where I'm at. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. How many years in the business now? Started in 2008, the business. Okay. And I started taping in 2006. So working with, was it your uncle? No. Yeah, like uh, it was my mom's cousin. So okay. he, was, he was like an uncle, pretty much. But yeah, uh, yeah he taught me the trade, and uh, yeah, he taught me. He taught me well. Like it was his main thing was just just be clean. Whatever you do, just be clean. Don't throw mud on the floor. Like don't drop anything. Don't leave anything behind. Just like cleanliness. So how do you learn that skill? (sighs) 
just getting yelled at because <laughs> i remember when i first started and i never got to your level um i dropped man yeah you, you just drop and it you're happens. working with somebody you just drop right you're constantly dropping then you're taught that that's money that you drop in there yeah i remember i remember the first job that we ever did for you guys for you it was uh it was like alan and lawrence yeah yeah and North York area, yeah yeah and then you had us leave out one bathroom because you guys wanted to tape it and you guys did like a nice job, you know, <laughs> and I was surprised. Were you we, being nice or what? No, no. We looked at it. We we're like, damn, like this is like. Well, why did I'm trying to. Oh, no, good. no. We left it out because we actually wanted to roll some video on yeah. it and shoot it a certain way. And that was it. So that was the reason why. Yeah. 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 But I mean, we didn't have the tools that you guys had. And that's back in the day before everybody has all these tools nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like your arsenal of tools is insane. What's going on. Right. Yeah. And some guys have like just wilder tools. Like, do you, do you need them? Bro? Like, do you need all these muscles? <laughs> I don't know. Do you like? I see a lot of you guys with all these fancy, fancy, fancy tools, man. Like, if I'm, if I'm being honest, it's like, like it's, it's an old school mentality to think like, oh, I don't need these new tools, and I still subscribe to that. It's like, ah, like the tools that I have, they work well for me, and I don't need them. But, but logically, it's like, okay, like things advance, and like you know, there's like faster ways to do it. But, um, you know, I'm pretty like set in my ways with the tools i use and but i get a decent result but you're not slowing things down no right so if you're delivering on what you are selling to your clients then do you really need to reinvent the wheel no no but not really yeah yeah, no there's like and like you've probably seen the um like the DeWalt sand, like the festival. You remember the festival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that when it first came out, I was actually showing it to you and then we were doing it and I was like, the ceiling was a pain in the ass to do it. I yeah, the, like, guy, <laughs> the guy that demoed it, he, he didn't know what he was doing. He, he kept on gouging the ceiling and I was like, you know, you, it takes a little bit of time to learn how to do yeah, that. And, yeah, I, yeah. and it does, it takes some skill, right? Yeah, there's a pretty big learning curve with it. And the thing that I found too is like, I would go back and look at guys' work that used it and there were swirl marks and, that's that's okay the thing is i don't know it just wasn't my preference so like if you have light coming in at a certain angle i try to sand it in that direction so that the light doesn't pick up on those shadows but with with you know a circular power sander when the light hits that you'll still see it you'll still see it like it's not it's not the worst thing but it's just my preference and it's just my style and but not a lot of people are paying attention to Mother Nature putting a light on the work, right? And you gotta do that because a lot of people buy these houses with massive windows and bigger openings yeah. and lots of sunlight's coming in. Yeah, and, and you're not always gonna get like while you're working on the site, it's like from, you know, six to six o'clock, let's say. You're not gonna get the same kind of lighting that you would the lighting conditions that you would get at yeah. other hours, you know? Or yeah. like at other times of the year. It's gonna be different in the summer than the winter. So, Rob, I mean it's it's like your trade you've you've perfected it now right so you've you've got a groove going on into it so you know what to do you know what's involved and and delivering what you're going to deliver for your clients right and i'm just trying to figure out i mean there's not a massive amount of markup or is there a markup a lot on doing the job itself the trade itself uh it depends just depends on the job depends who you're dealing with um yeah, I think the markup's a lot lower than other trades. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to compare to, right? So, yeah. like, other trades will... Listen, man, the top three, they're all money-making trades. Like, you know, HVAC, electrical, plumbing. Exactly, they, yeah. They, they, they have a set price. They, that's the price they go in, and, and then they make a lot of money off of that. You guys have a scope. 
you have so many sheets, so many boards to install. You've got so many joints to do. You've yeah. got whatever. Maybe there's some ceiling treatments. Maybe there's some, I don't know, some details, accents or what have yeah. you. Yeah. And that just costs you certain money. But the thing is, like, it doesn't feel like you guys make the same profit margin as other trades. Is that no. fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I haven't spoken to too many other trades about that, but it feels, I think, I think it has a lot to do with the barrier to entry, right? Like when I learned how to tape, there was no, it wasn't like a formal way. There is like a formal path to get into it. Okay. But the way I learned was, was very informal. Like I was lucky to have a, a great teacher, but you know, with electrical, like you have to, there's like a certain path, right? Yeah. And plumbing, yeah. you got to get your red seal and all that and, and build up the hours, right? So how is it for a new kid? I know you mentioned off mic before we just got started that your younger brother is actually just yeah. getting into it. So yeah. he's he has you as your mentor, right? As his mentor to, to learn, right? So you're yeah. teaching him what you taught and what you've learned over the years, right? Yeah. How is he absorbing that? He's doing well. Like he's <laughs> I'm really proud of him actually, because I had him work for me years ago when he was when he was a teenager and like he he, str he, did, he struggled with it. He was okay. a kid, you know. It was tough. And now he's he's going and he's like he's focusing he's putting in his best effort and he'll come to me with questions and he's clean too like I don't even have to tell him but he like he doesn't drop shit and so it's nice. So what's the art to not dropping shit? It's just <sighs> knowing, uh, understanding the mud. Yeah, and just like just caring. Like I've had guys, I've seen guys where, like, I'd have to go in and clean up and I would spend two hours like scraping up the floor, man, and it was just insane. Just extra work. Just man. so much extra work, and it's like it takes you time to throw mud on the floor instead of just, you know what I mean? Like you're wasting time. So. Yeah. It's basically more effort to do that, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, only supposed to tackle walls and ceiling. Not the floor. Not the floor. That's, that's someone else's that's trade. A that's a different job. <laughs> what do you, what do you think is the, what do you think is the, you're going to maybe alienate some people. What do you think is the hardest trade trade or actually, you know what? The easiest, let's say the easiest first. You know what? That's actually really interesting. I've always said they're all important. Yeah. Right? No uh, one is more important than other. Wow. <laughs> mind you, mind you, drywall guys feel like they're the most important. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which one is the easiest trade out there? I would say, okay, it's kind of a, a loaded question because easiest to make money. Physically easy. Like they go home. Physically easy to make money, plumber. For money. Okay, money wise, that's like. They're making for bank. what they're doing and how much money they're making for what they're doing. Yeah, I think plumber. Okay, um, I think painter maybe is up there as well too. Like money wise, money wise, right? Yeah. So it's like if you know what you're doing, you can do the job. But it's only as good as the taper and the mutter that left them that job, and then they've got to prep it, right? Yeah. But I definitely would say plumbing was probably the easiest, but you need to know your skills. True. If you don't know your shit, then you're just going to create chaos at that point. I'm talking about, in all fairness, let's go even keel on everybody. They all know their skills. Okay. I would say plumber is mm -hmm. the easiest. And yeah. I think the most difficult, it goes back to seasonal. And I would probably have to say foundation. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard trade if you're working in extreme heats and you're working in extreme colds. That's true. Yeah. You're being paid the same dollar value. And you're working in an extreme climate to do that job and you're in mud all the time. Weather's always fighting you. I mean, like concrete foundation, brick laying is up there. Roofing is up there as yeah. the most difficult. Easiest, I would say plumbing, painting. <sighs> Who else is easy? What are your thoughts? See, I thought it was electrical. I thought they had a pretty, like, like they could go home at the end of the day and, you know, 
like run a marathon if they wanted you know like so you're talking physical wise yeah just like they go home and well, they, they got still four go. foot ladders man <laughs> like they don't buy any other ladders unless they've yeah. got a big job right yeah. so it's always four foot ladders four foot ladders like carrying nothing it's like carrying a feather right compared to other ladders yeah and i guess like if they're sli- i mean i guess the worst would be just carrying on bxy right that that would probably be the heaviest commercial yeah yeah but it's an interesting question who's got it the easiest yeah um i don't know some people would say drywall but depends on what you're hanging what Ins- if you got curves or stuff installer man i think because like so yeah, I'm a you know I'm a taper obviously, yeah, and, but yeah. I know how to install. Like I I've worked with some guys that they kind of like taught me a bit, and then I learned the rest of my own. So I'm not like a professional installer. I know how it works, but anytime I've installed like just like a simple easy job like a basement, like less than eight foot ceilings, you can you don't have to go up on a bench. You fly like but like after five six hours, I'm destroyed. I'm ruined. I could tape for like twelve thirteen hours, and so you're talking more like how defeated you are physically after you yeah. do the trade and mentally too you know <laughs> that's like a big part of it right a lot of responsibility attached to electricians though yeah again if you mess up you're possibly caught catching a fire right like and tearing out walls and pay the pay the tape so i mean it's really the- interesting who's got who is the easiest i don't know there's stress attached to installing slabs right yeah. but that goes i guess with kitchen and kitchen is relative i wouldn't say it's easy you need to know what you're doing as well too yeah i don't know it depends on i i mean i see really skilled trades and they make it look easy Mm -hmm. right but i just i still remember that plumbers and you're right electricians hvac they always got a smile on their face and they're and they're not heavy breathing you guys shoulders are killing sometimes legs are killing from going up and down stilts yeah right and uh i go back to exterior so hardscaping foundation bricky like that's physically beating up on your body, right? Yeah. Plus weather. Yeah, and I just like I wonder, like if there if there are stats out there on just the trades, like who retires sooner versus later? Because that would probably be like a pretty good indicator of. It's a good point. A lot of know. GCs keep on GCing all the way until their sixties and seventies, but that's yeah. when they get onto the paper instead of being on the tools. Yeah. Yeah. But bricklayers and foundation guys, it's very rare that you see. You know, what you can do is you literally just look around. Yeah. And and a lot of I guess you guys, you know, electrical, plumbing, HVAC, they're all guys in the thirties and forties and I don't see much fifty, sixty, seventy year old guys that way. But you see a lot of seventy year old GCs. Yeah, that's true. You don't see much brick concrete uh roofers. You see a lot of the younger guys. That's taking a toll too, roofers. Yeah, I thought roofing would probably be one of the hardest. It's it's seasonal it's, again. Exactly. And yeah. ladders. You Every day, you're climbing a ladder. Yeah, and you're just on a hot roof. Like, yeah, oh, man. and you're carrying stuff up the roof, safety lines. Yeah, like like it's nice to be on a beach in Mexico, just like melting in the sun, but it's different on a roof. It's different it's on a roof. 100% different. Yeah. Plus, you're working the whole time. Yeah, you're right. So at the end of the day, who's the most beat up? Mm-hmm. I think the electricians are nice and clean hopping into the car going home <laughs> casually on cruise control. Yeah. 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 Just <laughs> you guys got to change, you know, you got, yeah. you got droppings all over your clothing. Right. So, and sanding if you're sanding. Yeah. I don't, I don't think like we, I don't think tapers have the hardest. It's, it's not easy, but it's not like, you know, it's yeah. not like, like bricklayers or roofers. That's like, man. send your letters to me. I won't read them. It's just that simple, man. I don't know if they, people disagree or maybe they agree. I just, I have a respect for all of them, but yeah, I think all of them are hard at some times, but yeah. there are some that are easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you're probably going to get some flack. I but, don't give you know, a shit. Is what it is. I'm way too old for that, so, so it's <laughs> fine. I don't care. So, so your younger brother's doing well. He's enjoying it. Was he ever thinking he was going to get into that trade? Um, <clears throat> no. 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 What was he? What was he? What were the ambitions? Right? I feel like most people don't think about like trade. Well, taping as a oh, I want to be a taper for for a living. You know, <laughs> like who wants? It? So it's funny that you say that, but then you guys all say that you guys are the most important trade on the job site. So you guys take a lot of pride in the work that you do. I think I don't think we're the most important trade. <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, you know what? When I talk to people, though, we are the most important trade. <laughs> just leave it at you guys are the most important trade. Just leave yeah. it at that, right? Yeah. yeah. I just of find course. that there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, pride shared between drywall taper guys. Yeah, they love showing that stuff off, right? Yeah, because it's yeah, it's like it's an art. It is yeah. Um, but are they showing off more of the work or the tools? That's why I go back to the box of tools. I mean, I, I walk into certain stores, suppliers. Yeah. Am I walking into Tiffany's jewelry? Like, what's going on it's here? Nice. Like, Some like, of them are nice. It's like the, 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 the cases, the showcases are backlit and glistening. And I could just picture the staff there with a Swifter cleaning everything off and making it beautiful. Dude, when I go, when I go to these places, I'm like, ah, I got to just spend five grand on all these machines right now. <laughs> you just, you walk in and you almost don't want to touch them or get them dirty or yeah. use them. You just want to yeah. have them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they present them so well, too. It's just, like you said, like backlighting and everything. They polish it. They got like a, you know, a little dude in the back. Every morning he goes out there at 3 a.m. Cleans it up. <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's all beautiful for everyone that shows up. Because you guys are always showing up at 7 o'clock in the morning to get everything ready for the <laughs> yeah. job, right? Yeah. It, it's it's funny, but I, I just see like there's a lot of tools in your arsenal. And it's like, it's kind of good that you you only expand when you need to expand. Mm -hmm. You don't expand because you're being pressured. You know what I mean? It's not like construction peer pressure to expand. And I find that a lot of people that are on social media trying to keep up with the hype, they got to kind of buy into that pressure to say, I've got the latest and greatest, so I'm going to use it on this job site, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I go back to the work. I'd rather see the work. Does the work look good? If you're using just a, a knife, then it looks good. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, a lot of my, my machines, pretty much all my machines, they're old now. Like, I bought them... You know, when I went on my own, I started work like I I'd left working with my cousin. I stopped working with him. I went with a union company for a bit. And at that point, I was like, OK, I got to get some of my own machines and stuff. So that was like back in 07, I think, 08. Was that a good education to work with the commercial? Yeah, it taught me that I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, they're talk about fast, man. Yeah. And like a lot of the guys, are, they just do two coats, sometimes even one coat. And just like, nah, it's fine. It's done. Yeah. They just want to get paid and you know like it's it's just uh it's like a it's a really bad factory it's like a factory you know and somewhere out east you know? so it's just like and when you see that work or you're leaving it you're like it's it it needs another pass it just really needs another pass why can't we yeah. just do another pass right yeah because they're just you know they're just like builders condos so nobody's gonna say anything like people aren't most people most people that are buying those places, they're not going to... They don't even notice it. They're not going to put a light on the wall. They just want to know, like, oh, okay. Like, even if even if the hardwood's off square, they're like, ah, it they is what it is. They won't notice it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I've been in those units before. I've been in those multi-million dollar units, and you're just shaking your head at what you see. Like, you just yeah. stand there, and you're like, nothing straight, bows. And it's got something to do with the framing as well, too. Yeah. And all kinds of stuff, right? And then, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, blaming the previous trade, because if the framing is not good, then the borders will just hang right on there. They won't care at that point. So then they can't really do anything about it. Yeah. And you guys come in and you have to fix all this stuff. Yeah. 
make it look as good as possible, but you can't be feathering out 15 feet to try to make it work. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, for, if you're working for a union company, they're not paying you to do they that. They won't, right? Yeah. What do they do in that situation? They just leave you just the right amount of boxes and that's it. You should be able to pull this off based on this. Yeah. Like usually, usually in condos, like they'll drop off a certain amount of mud per unit. Like they, they have, they've got it they've all already calculated, calculated everything. Yeah. 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 So, so they do that. Um, when you work in houses like subdivisions, depends on the foreman. Like, you know, the foreman that we had when I was, when I started out, he was, he was cool. Like, but he liked, he liked us, but other tapers, he didn't really, he didn't like them as much. So like he would drive by with his truck and then call them out to come pick up the mud from his truck. But you know, for us, like he would get one of the laborers and bring it into the house <laughs> and then he would bring in coffee yeah. and then he'd come by a lunch for coffee. And it was a good education. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was it? Because you guys were actually doing a little bit extra, a little bit more effort. No, just, so my cousin was, was, like good friends with that foreman got like it they'd become friends over the years and okay. you know so so they were how many years did you do that for the commercial side so uh like i want to say like a year and a half two years about that and it was pretty much the same thing when you first got started the from the time that you left like this is it this is what it's all about it's never going to change it's never going to improve yeah yeah um there's a lot of like sketchiness that goes on there too because a lot of them are it's mostly piecework it's all piecework you're getting paid as long as you take there you're still getting paid the same amount yeah and and you know like if they knock off 100 square feet from the unit like you're not going to count every single unit a lot of most guys don't yeah but if you know let's say you catch that um you know you go back <clears throat> like that's back then i think we were getting like 20 cents something like that per square foot um so 100 square feet that's what 20 bucks right not much man but you know like 20 bucks every week that adds up yeah yeah you know so like you could complain to the union you'll get your money but you might not get work after they might just be like oh this guy's a pain in the ass so you do know. a lot of guys leave the union commercial side and go resi i don't know because it's it's been it's been a long time since i've been in that steady work right yeah you gotta I mean, you're still getting your work, but you've got great relationships with certain builders, so then they're constantly feeding your work, right? Yeah. Keeps you busy enough. Yeah. But, I mean, how was that transition leaving the commercial going into the custom resi? Because I guess you're a little bit more, they're a little more particular. Yeah. But you can also charge a little bit more. Yeah. Like a lot more or no? Yeah, well, if you're working for a union company, it's just like, here's your 25 cents or 30 cents. I don't know what they, they pay for eight-foot ceilings now, but it's, it's in, in that range. And then you get wow. extras for, like, corner beads and you know um higher ceilings openings all that stuff so yeah you go work for if you do work for you know builders you're going to charge more obviously you have to because there's there's just way more involved there's more work the expectations are higher you got to mark it up of course so and then how many guys you got working with you now you got your brother and somebody else or no just the two of you guys no i've got i've got a few subcontractors like that's kind of the way it is in the drywall business like everybody's just a sub of somebody else okay there's like it's, there's very rarely actual team employees like t4 employees you know everybody's just it's a sub so they all i guess you guys all share feed work and everyone stays busy that way right yeah more or less yeah okay yeah and yeah so that that's that's kind of how it is um and then, like, you could kind of look at it from two different angles. So, like, a lot of business owners, they're either boarders or they're tapers by trade. Okay. So, like, yeah, I'm a taper, but, you know, 
so I have a little bit less knowledge on the boarding side, but I know what the finished product is supposed to look like at the end. Yeah. So I could see like, you know, if I see guys that are working and, you know, they're doing something wrong, like I, I see it right away and I know, and I know what the problem is going to look like. So I could just, you know, I could either call it out um, if they, you know, they could fix it. If they don't, then it's easy for me to fix. Like it's simple. What's the, um, I mean, you've been in the business how long now? We're talking about 15, no, we're going on 17 years. Yeah, started 15 years, the business 15 years ago, and then. The commercial side and stuff like that. So about yeah, so 17, 17 years. yeah. How much, what's different, man, from then to now? Working with your hands is demanding. You demand gear that works as hard as you do. Now get it only at Work and Wear. Offering the best in workwear since 1975. From Cool Works ventilated work pants to keep you cool, to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe, including harnesses from $49.95 and top name safety footwear by Timberland, Keen, Kodiak, Terra, and Blundstone, just to name a few. Only at Work and Wear in Markham, Scarborough, and Whitby or workandwear.ca. I feel like I was just like, I was a kid back then, man. I didn't even, I didn't, I just knew how to do the work. That was like, that was I, it? I wasn't like paying attention to, you know, all that stuff. But you know what? I, I will say that like people are a lot pickier today. hundred percent. They, a lot of forgiveness back then. Yeah. When you say pickier, you talking about GCs or clients or both? Both. Yeah. So when they're picky in what respect? The joints? <sighs> Just like it could even be weird, like like very like weird things. Just like I'm trying to think of a good example here, but I find that like GCs are a lot more forgiving. Like they just they want like a good quality product. Yeah. Um, and then if you do work for homeowners, it's like they have like these like weird little hangups, like oh, there's like a little bit of extra dust or whatever. And like most GCs, they, like it's it's part of it. And a lot of them have laborers and they sweep up and it's, you know, like we sweep at the end of the job, but yeah. we're not like, we're not vacuuming it because no. it's just going to, the dust is going to continue to settle after we sand. Of course. So. And it's in our contracts too. It's just a light broom sweep. But so with homeowners, it's, it's kind of like that. It's drywall dust, man. Yeah. There's going to be some. Or they'll ask for like, you know, they'll ask like, oh, why didn't you tape all the way to the bottom of the floor? It's like, well, you got, you know, like you've got like a six inch baseboard going there. Like, oh, I know, but like bugs. And it's like, bugs are going to. Bugs. <laughs> you mean like drywall bugs? Yeah, like, yeah. really? Bugs? Yeah, just little dust mites rolling around. What about the whole world? Are there a lot of clients coming in with the, I guess, the trimless? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like it, man. Do you? Yeah. What do you think about it? I'm not a fan of it because when you're moving furniture. Okay, like you're talking about on baseboards. Oh, yeah. well, baseboards are even windows that are lower. I'm finding windows are becoming larger, so they're being set lower than your moving furniture, and you just nick that corner, and then all yeah. of a sudden you got to patch that, whether it's a metal or a plastic or a reveal of some sort. I just find that the moment you nick it, you got to patch it now, right? Yeah. So that's why I don't like it. If you nick casing wood, it's a mar, right? Like mm -hmm. you can just like kind of tap it with paint, and it's pretty much going to be gone at that point, right? Yeah. With drywall i'm not a fan of it's a clean look yeah but i'm also a traditionalist right i'm not looking for like eight inch casing and stepped and all this other stuff like i'm not that crazy but i, I just i do like a nice casing not a step bevel because mm -hmm. that's a toronto garbage that i don't yeah, like yeah but yeah i mean are you a fan of it but it's it's it changes your scope when you get a job like that yeah you got to open up your schedule now yeah so 
So we've got a f- like we've got one client and and they have a lot of those modern finishes. Yeah. Um, and some of it's tough. Like so, today we were working on this project and you know the client changed their mind about two doors. So we they wanted a, a reveal around around the the jams. Okay. They've got conventional baseboard. It's just it's flat stock and then there's like a piece on the top. It's, you know it looks pretty clean. And then so around the door they've got that the shadow reveal all the way around. Yeah. But they wanted a quarter, like typically it's a half inch reveal. Yep. But they wanted a quarter inch. <sighs> there's, there's only one company I know that makes, no, two companies that make the quarter inch, but you have to install it at the time. So trim, so trim techs, they have that quarter inch. Okay. Um, D 300. Okay. And I didn't know that. Like I, I called around a bit. Some people, a lot of people didn't stock it. And then I was able to get a hold of it and, you know, it's it's easy enough to install, but then when you're coating it, like there's just like when you install it, you got to miter it, right? Yep. yep. And then you still want to fill that miter in because it's like as tight as it's going to be, you still have to like tidy it up. You you just want it to be flat, but it's like I can't even put my finger in there because it's a quarter inch. It's just too it tight. Doesn't fit. And so they were just picky about it. Th- they just wanted that, and I was like, ah. Oh. Okay, we'll do it. It looks it looks good. It looks really good. Against the base that was just flat stock? Uh, against the jam. Uh, oh, sorry. So, so yeah, the base was just like a flat stock. And uh, it's base. flat stock terminating where? Right before the quarter inch reveal? Um, so they installed the flat stock first. And, and then, then put that, okay, I got it. So the flat yeah. stock's going all the way to the jam then. Yeah, exactly. Got it. And then they got the quarter inch reveal coming up from there. Yeah. Why not? See that to me? Why not just reveal that quarter in, that quarter inch down on the base and then continue it? I think it was just like an afterthought. That's why. Yeah, I think they, you know, people change their minds kind of on the fly, right? What kills me is when you get clients who are asking for all these reveals and then the dust build up on that. Oh yeah, like that's so like <laughs> like around the door is not so bad because it's it's, base it's a vertical, it's a vertical, right? But yeah. yeah, baseboard, like holy. They're like we we didn't realize there was gonna be so much dust collecting there. I'm like, it's a small little channel, and you've got dust in every single home. It doesn't matter with whose home and whatever filter you got going on, you're gonna have dust in there, a yeah. lot of dust in there. Yeah, yeah. They don't realize that, but then it's the same respect, I guess, too, with casing and traditional stuff. But the only dust that really gets built up is on the top. You know, where it's got a flat s- section of it, right? Yeah. Listen, people, it's a home. You got dust in the home. Whatever you build, unless you just want completely flat walls and a corner bead right around everything that goes around everything, sure. Mm-hmm. Or even better, just do all parging, you know, uh, like mud or whatever. And the old school European. Yeah. Do that, right? But then even yeah. that, they're still using large scale casing baseboard as well, too. Incorporated with that parging. Right. Like, it's just different. I guess clients will just never stop complaining, man. Yeah. Like they'll want something, do it. They love it in a picture. Then they don't live around it. Then they live in it. And then they realize, well, we didn't realize it was going to have this much dust. Yeah. Or it was going to break when we went the furniture and we moved it or whatever. Yeah. Welcome to construction. That's how it goes. And then it's like, oh, why is it taking so long? (laughs) (laughs) Why why are all my changes taking so long? Like, (laughs) I love that you said that. Yeah, they're, they're pickier. Are they pickier because... They think they're more educated these days? I have no idea. I wonder, like, I used to think maybe it was the HGTV effect. All that stuff. Could be that. It could just be also, like, they're paying a lot more. Like, they're like materials have gone up, labor's gone up, so now they're just, like, they've got a, not, I don't want to say a chip on their shoulder because they're paying for it, right? Like, 
Well, they they overpaid for their house to begin with. There's and that, then, yeah. And then they're looking at you guys to save. Yeah. Because there's no way that your wages, your material has increased with the same value as the houses have increased for people purchasing. Yeah. But your labor hasn't. Yeah. Like the labor's gone up and not... Not by that much. No, not hasn't. by that much. I don't know anybody who's actually increased their labor to that much, right? Yeah. You, you can't. You're going to be priced out. Yeah. Yeah, like like we would have to double it for sure because, yeah, home prices have more or less doubled. But nobody, right? nobody would pay you. No, like you no. won't get work at that point, right? No, exactly. And people couldn't afford it either. Like it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a disaster. But I think that's why, though. I think it's just like they're paying. They are paying more. That's just my theory. That's my theory. It's probably wrong but you know <laughs> well i think everything's more expensive we've all gone grocery shopping it's just a joke you buy a car you buy a house you buy anything everything's just more expensive but yeah. it's just so does construction yeah it's just part of it right yeah or maybe they're trying to get as much value out of you guys as possible like that, yeah the longer you stay there the the more touches ups all that crap it justifies the cost that they're paying you. Yeah, it's probably not even a conscious thing. They're just like, it just... Can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah, and then, you know, they just kind of... It's a subconscious thing, probably. Are people... Anybody doing level five these days? Yeah. Lots of people? A few. Yeah, one of our one of our clients, They uh, we get requests from them to do level five. I love it, man. It makes sense. It looks good. It looks real nice. It's How much sharp. more effort does it take you? not that much it's it's just more time but and it's like it's tough on your shoulders because it's just like the same motion over and over and over but, but what size darby are you using when you're doing level five? Oh, i i use a trowel i just use like my oh, regular still, trowel oh really yeah yeah i wow. tried i tried using the uh the wide knives but like trying to get around pot lights and all that without picking up the burrs yeah of, of the cutout is it's a bit tricky um so they're asking for level five ceiling and walls? Yeah, some some areas. Really? And sometimes, like, they don't ask for it. But, also, like, if it's, like, a small area, like, I'm just going to level five it because there's, like, it's right against the window. Why not? So like, you'll see it. And it kind of makes more sense at that point. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't want to go to them and be like, oh, like, you know, my work might show. So <laughs> it kind of <laughs> makes know? sense. But then they'll look at that wall and they'll go, well, that's really nice. But then why don't we do the rest of it? Sure. Here's the invoice. Pay up. How much more is it these days? Uh, no, no. No. Like you could, I mean, anywhere from like, you could charge an extra 30 to 50 cents per square foot. How's the mud these days? I know that we had the boys from three-way here and they were talking about how the mud has changed because they've been doing plaster um, since uh, the 80s, mm -hmm. mid-80s, early 80s, I think it was. And he says that the mud has, has changed since then. Yeah, definitely from... <clears throat> That's what I've heard too. Like from the eighties, it's it's a it's a lot better. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know what what. Well, yeah. the mud back then still had a bunch of asbestos in it. Oh yeah, that's why he said that it would actually trowel nicely, and when you sanded it, oh. you had a little glitter on it, right? And that yeah. glitter was the asbestos in it. Oh, maybe and we need that again. Yeah, but you're sanding <laughs> and going airborne. You guys would have to be in hazmat suits, man, to to do your job at that point. You know, it is what it is. We're going to get a nice finish. <laughs> you get a nice finish, but then you ain't going to get a nice finish in life, man. That's what, like, that's going to be a problem later still, on. Still going to happen. You know what? When you had, uh, you said his name was Ted, right? Teddy, yeah. Yeah, he mentioned silicosis. Yeah. And, like, I, 
I heard about it a little bit, but after he had mentioned it, I, I looked more into it. And I was like, man, that's like, that's a serious thing. I love his analogy where he was teaching the young kids and he just picked up some drywall dust that's on the floor after they're sanding and he added a little bit of water and he's like, that's what's going on in your lungs right now. Mm-hmm. When you don't wear a mask. Yeah. Right. Cause you're breathing that in going right into your moist lungs. Yeah. That's yeah. It's just happening. like eventually it'll solidify. Well, I guess not in the lung, but still it's like, it's muck. It's muck. Yeah. It's always a risk, right? But I mean, it's like, and even I did it in the earlier days. I was like, I, I was never wearing a mask. You blow your nose and that's it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not smart, man. So yeah. Sometimes like we'll pre, like I'll pre-send and I'll just like, it's like, it's like a couple spots. I'll just, I won't, I won't get my mask out. Cause you know, it's just, it's a hassle sometimes. And you're just, it's not that much dust, but it's still airborne. And you know, like I shouldn't really say that with my uh, with my name on my on my chest. Like, <laughs> no, but it's just but, like you're, I'm. Trust me, I've done that several times, Rob. Like yeah. honestly, and you just don't think anything of it. But then now I get older, and I'm like, it's not that I'm having breathing problems or anything like that. But hopefully, nothing does happen. But I've noticed it with the hearing. Mm-hmm. I should have been wearing muffs a lot longer, a lot sooner. Do you get a bit of tinnitus? You have a bit of tinnitus now. How bad is so it? It's if I'm in a quiet room, yeah. like completely quiet it's not quiet it's not quiet yeah you it's, walk into a quiet room it's like oh it's, it's loud in here yeah <laughs> it's, it's there and i and i honestly i blame impact guns i blame table saws i blame mm-hmm. all the tools that have what is it like 80 or 90 decibel levels right yeah and you weren't wearing protection right and and i totally encourage all the kids that listen just throw them on these days if i'm doing something i throw on the earmuffs that are completely sound yeah like you you can be speaking right in front of me i won't hear you Mm-hmm. right that's how they just dampen everything right but yeah. yeah it's there yeah like now i try to i bought like a pack of um earplugs yeah because like i just had like this tonight is just for me it just came on all of a sudden i didn't even realize well, where it. were you getting it from i have no idea it's the weirdest thing because like when i fly i've, I've got the, the a20 bose headset yeah. and they're noise canceling it's active noise canceling but you hear then you still hear the you could hear the prop a little bit on the plane but it's it's not as loud like if you shut that off or if you take the headset completely off it's loud yeah but but the a20 like it's it's mint it's it's great i'm trying to figure out how it would affect your ears on a job site you guys you know what i I also started thinking was like the past couple weeks because my uh my mixing drills some of them are pretty old and it's like back to you know these swap out tools and all that so like my my mixing drills they're old like but they're not that but the older they get the louder they get so like if my brother's mixing and i'm in a different room i hear how loud it is but when i'm next to it i'm like i don't realize it wow so i just have some some earplugs in my back pocket and pop them in anytime i mix i never uh, realized that i mean i'm looking at i'm trying to picture my mixing i've got like a a, a standard not that old maybe three or four years old the regular mixing drill from bosch yeah is it loud i guess when you crank it and it revs up it gets loud Maybe, I mean, Bosch is good. Like, I just have, a, it's a DeWalt. It's old and, you know. What's it sound like? The multi-tool? Is it like loud like that? No. <laughs> no. No, man. Yeah, like a wet saw. Oh, oh man. Dude. See, that's what I mean. It's just, and these, I, I hate, and I've seen it, but they're still conscious of it. I hate seeing the kids without any ear protection, man. Yeah. These things are loud. Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize it. Even, like, do you go to concerts? You go to concerts often? It's been a while since I've gone, and, and you'll notice it there yeah i'll notice it sometimes like i i actually saw oppenheimer recently mm-hmm. holy crap man like i was noticing and there's so much sound transmission in that movie like transitions 
it goes to extreme levels regarding the music and this and the sound design and the, the effects to complete silence yeah and then like my hearing i was like that that hurt like i was just thinking that just absolutely hurt yeah yeah you so, notice it like once it gets quiet it's just like oh shit yeah that did a bit of damage so i for mean sure. that's that's got to be construction and not paying attention to the earlier days when you're thinking you're invincible that's all it is man yeah yeah last year yeah it was last year i went to this metal concert and met like it was loud it was in, it was way too loud it was like some scottish metal band and you know they were playing at uh danforth music hall it was it was a good show but uh like i walked out of the auditorium and <laughs> i did not want to walk back in there wow it was so bad it was just like my ears were ringing for for like three days it was, it was brutal and then i was like okay anytime i go to a show after this i'm just gonna pop in some earplugs and like you can still hear it. you can still enjoy of course it. but it's still that you got to do that to to avoid the pain of having the sound it's damaging right is there yeah. any way to is there any way to cure or fix you can't really no you can't there was uh oh you know what you had a guy on last time it was I mark yeah he had the surgery nesbitt yeah yeah and he did one and actually i spoke to him last week and i think he's doing the second one next week and he hears now but i mean he he was blatant about he was in the construction concrete mm -hmm. rubble stone yeah and he blames that he goes I, I never wore protection when i was younger yeah yeah like i mean it's funny eh? you never think that contra con contractors would actually say i never wore protection back then <laughs> and now it's affecting me now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say that about a lot of things. <laughs> Stay safe, boys and girls. That's how it works. But yeah, no, it's totally like anybody that's on site these days, just put the muffs on, put the plug, even the, the, the foam things, right? Like yeah. Anything just to help out, right? Because every tool is loud. Yeah. I see a lot more people. I see a lot more guys doing, doing that now. Yeah. They're doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's when you see the painters with Crocs and then they're sanding <laughs> with no ear protection. Sanders are loud too. Yeah like power sanders yeah even dude even like pole sanding like it's just it's a bit of a higher frequency i guess it is yeah it's not ter it's not like a, a wet saw but you know like when you're next to it all day it's like i don't know it takes its toll yeah i want to i want to chat a little bit about um why you wanted to go down the path of plane and become a pilot and stuff were you thinking about transitioning from this career to that I've I always wanted to fly. I've always wanted to be a pilot. That was like something that, like, I grew up right next to Pearson, so I'd always just watch planes come in and out, and I was I was just like blown away by it. Um, and then when I was I was about twenty years old, I had moved out my first place. I was in a basement apartment, and one of the guys that lived upstairs, he was he was a pilot, okay, was a commercial pilot. And I asked him how much did it cost for you to get your license, and he said it was fifty k. I was like that's a lot like when you're 20 years old even now that's like a lot of money like that's a lot yeah yeah but especially when you're 20 living in a basement apartment <laughs> you know it's tough and like so that kind of discouraged me but he didn't really explain too well like you don't have to like just drop 50k up front so that that dream was kind of like temporarily quashed for a bit and then and then i got back into it i was like you know what this like i looked more into it you don't have to just drop all that money at once you can do a private license and and it's a lot cheaper than a commercial how long did it take you from the time you started to the time you got i guess the first license and the second license when i well like i started flying in 2019 but i didn't really focus on it as much as i should have like i didn't approach it the right way but eventually like when i really started working on it towards my private 
I finished it within a few months, I think it was. Wow. You've got to do a few a few tests. They're like like super easy tests, like 20 question tests. And then there's uh, a written exam and it's 100 questions. You don't like the other ones, the answers are, are available. Like you can just get the answers and just memorize it. Okay. Um, they're just bird tests. But um, the exam is like, yeah, you really got to study. You have to you know put in the hours and just like learn all the shit. It's really about communication instrument everything yeah there's like um navigation uh meteorology um what else you have to know just how the plane works and all the parts um what else air law air law yeah what's the air law <laughs> what's like law like rules yeah just don't just don't be a dick in the sky you oh, know? okay so all right so just be respectful out there <laughs> no no but just like 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 where are you allowed to fly like what are the different types of airspace yeah what do you need to fly in that airspace like so if you're going to fly around there's like a control zone around pearson let's say so it's a class c control zone okay so the kind of equipment that you need there like you need a two-way radio you need what's called a, a mode c transponder so it's stuff like that or like how far away you can fly f- or you have to fly away from clouds if you're not rated for that. And like if you're in a different type of airspace, you could fly relatively closer versus like class C like around Pearson. Okay. Where it's so it's just like different things with, you know, or like when like when are you allowed to drink. So like you can't you, you can't can drink and fly. No, you can't drink. No, no. I I think before, I think it was like 12 hours from your last drink. That you can get into a plane. That you can get into a plane. What's it now? I I think it's, I think it's 24. Like I just, I don't bother because like I don't really drink that often and it's not really a thought. Um, Thanks so much for the boozer. Yeah. I hope you like it, man. It's, it's sweet, but it's, (laughs) oh, like it'll, it'll catch you, buddy. It's good. Yeah. You won't even taste it because of the sweetness. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get wrecked. Catch it. Yeah. Just be careful. You're going to get wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) I won't fly. Uh, So there's like, yeah, that's, did you like, did you gravitate to it really quickly? Like when you picked it up, you learned it and it just, it, it almost became just an extension of yourself. Yeah. Cause like, I just, I loved it. I loved that I was learning something new and I, I like learning new shit, you know? Like I always just try to try to find something new that I could just learn about what's like flying. I'm teaching myself a language. Um, Which one? Spanish. Of course. <laughs> Half the world. It's, it's easy though. It's an easy, <laughs> it's the easiest language for an English speaker. Yeah. Um, you know, so like, yeah, flying was that, but there's guys like they, they got their private license in like a month. If you get like really good weather, you can do your private in a month. If you like grind it out, you can do it in a month. And then at that point, you get in private, you can actually just, you're taking up what, a, a single engine? Yeah, you could even, like, if you get a different rating, you can get, like, a multi-engine rating. So you can fly, you know, a plane that's got two engines. Um, and then there's, like, additional, there's add-ons to it, right? Like, there's, like, a night rating that you can get, so you can go up at night. Obviously, there's IFR, so you can fly through bad weather, which... You know, you don't really want to do. Should you? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, okay. Or just like flying through cloud, right? And then there's a commercial, which is what you have as well, too. Yeah. So now that starts to become jet, right? Uh, or no? Yeah. With private, with a private license, there are some jets that you, like technical jets that you can fly, like like okay. little like Honda, like single jets. Okay. Um, there's certain ones that you can. Commercial just kind of means you can get paid to fly 
but you need to get like extra ratings and like so like if you want to be an instructor you got to get an instructor rating and that's like a whole other you can consider it a license because there's the amount of training that goes into it got it um you know you can do like banner towing um you mean uh yeah really will you marry me you, <laughs> you need a license just for that or a certification i guess um you got to get trained on certain types of aircraft for that because like the one that, that we went up in is uh it's it's a tricycle gear plane okay so there's like a nose wheel and then there's two main the main gear so it's like a regular airplane that you know okay. same layout but then guys that tow banners they're wheel draggers so the back end there's like a single wheel and the front has two Oh, okay. Like think of like the old World War II planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like they'll they'll fly down and there's a banner laid out in a field. They'll fly down. There's a hook on the back and they got to catch it. And then... They take off from there. They take off So they're physically there. not landing. They're just catching it and they're taking catching. off. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And how do you land with it on? Or you, you dispose of it before you land? You got to drop it, yeah. And it flies differently when you've got that, when you're towing the banner. Like it, the, you know the aerodynamics of the plane like the, the 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 flight characteristics just completely changed it was weird that when we when you took me up i mean first of all i couldn't orient myself at all like you like we're at night yeah and like, you're like man are you seeing that you seeing that i go dude i don't see anything man. i see <laughs> lights i see certain buildings i recognize certain things but by the end of the flight i started recognizing some stuff that's what i was saying too the whole yeah it's <laughs> like, just like okay all right you just keep on going but it, it's i was i was asking you i'm like man where are we oh you're asking me <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea i would just look for the cn tower that's the extent of it that's where as far as i know but i was like I, impressed with how i know it's i like that man did you <laughs> what is that did you make it i built it for a for an idea way way back where i had an idea for a little short film that i wanted to make right so i just i, I tested myself and just made it the top two pieces broke off and then yeah. i just i kept it and then i found that i brought it into the studio that's that cool man so, no, i like that yeah so i mean that's the identifying mark when we were up there right yeah but i was surprised when you like man you want to fly and i was like okay sure and i was surprised how responsive like how sensitive yeah like you literally are just touching it and the whole machine is moving like you're yeah. just shocked at how quickly that it moves to change and then you get that that stomach roll stuff right yeah and then you were like you want a barrel and i was like no i don't want a fucking barrel <laughs> like what's wrong with you man i'm like just going down was hard enough but it yeah. was still fun yeah by the end of the, of the flight you're like yeah now i'm starting to see certain things and i started seeing the greens and the reds the lights and the the, the terminal and everything like that and i was like yeah i get it right yeah. i totally it's it's fascinating it's really really interesting right yeah it's a it's a ton of fun it's a ton of fun it's like it's a whole new world um and then you know i got to the point i was like oh i'll do my commercial license because i've got you know quite a few hours and why not so i did that you ever think that you'll leave construction and full-time that man if i if i i don't know was somehow able to get the business to just run on its own like which i think is really difficult because yeah you know like i i like i'm pretty hands-on like i'm i'm on the tools like even though i have guys working for me i'm still on the tools and you know i like it i enjoy what i do but if i could get to the point where it was like that or if i won the lottery then yeah i would just go take a job just fly like teaching kids how to fly little cessna 172s but like instructors they're getting like 35k a year that's it yeah so that's what i was saying like it's it's pretty much poverty wages in toronto like 35k and and you know like costa rica mexico colombia it's good money 
So what do they do? They get licensed here and then they go to other places and no, kind of, no, no, they just they just grind it out here. Wow. I got a I got a buddy. He was yeah, he was an instructor and then he got a job flying a DC three. So it's like this old World War Two transport plane. And uh, you know, he was all over the place, but one really cool spot that he was working in was Antarctica. And how is that to fly in cold? Uh is it a, it affects, right? It does. Um, actually, flying in cold, you get you get better performance out of the plane. Okay. Because the the air is more dense. Okay. Because like you know, like it's it's more compact, right? So it'll it'll take off faster. If you're in if you're in really hot weather, plane's not going to want to take off. So, yeah, but I don't know. There's like there's some pretty cool assignments that you can get out there, but you got to have you know you some have the training, training, man. Yeah. Like you can't just jump into it. Yeah, and you got to be you got to be good. You have to, you know, like there's a, there's a ton of instructors and yeah. It would it would be fun like some of the stuff they get to do is just like I remember in my initial training my first instructor he was like he was like one of the higher ups at the school, so he was allowed to do this where like we would practice engine failures and we were flying like north of Scugog or like around like Scugog. There's okay. just like farms there, right? So, you know, we, we cut the engine to idle. Like, it's still running. Um, and we come down real close to a field. And, man, we were, like, 10, 20 feet off the ground and off this farmer's field. And, like, the family was just, like, just watching us. <laughs> we're just... You used to it or what? I don't know. I, don't, I wonder what they thought. I wonder what they had thought. But, like, most instructors, they're not allowed to do that. But this guy was because, you know, he was, he was higher up. Okay. And, like, man, that's... I don't know. It's just, it's fun. And it is pretty exhilarating, man. Yeah. It's different, right? And you're always aware. Like, you got to be constantly aware and speaking, communicating. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, you just, you'll get lost real quick, right? Well, yeah. I had, I had a few close calls a couple times. Yeah. I remember you saying that it's, it's hard to see planes in daylight. In daylight. Um, yeah. Like, one guy, he just was on the wrong radio frequency and he passed in front of, it must have been like, 100 feet in front of us 200 feet 150 something like that and you know like 100 feet away when you're driving that's good distance a plane yeah and he just like popped up out of nowhere and was like holy shit <laughs> did he re I, I guess he didn't realize or he uh, no he didn't like he was you're supposed to, in certain areas you got to go on certain radio frequencies okay. and just talk and be like oh i'm at like you know four thousand feet going east over this town and he was just on the wrong one <laughs> so but i mean yeah you, that's what i there's like there's a lot of awareness man you got to totally be aware of everything that's why you gotta be sharp right yeah so no yeah. alcohol no weed no nothing all Ex kinds of stuff and just exactly. do that right yeah yeah and just like following sops um what's an sop um safety operating procedures yeah just standard operating procedures well, standard. yeah <laughs> yeah and like sometimes you have your own sops right so it's like you could do like a flow check um and then you follow, like, there's a checklist. For, like, I think you see, we probably saw. Yeah, it. we did that. You you were walking around, and I was just watching you. You're checking. Like, like yeah. me personally, it was a tin box, man. Like, I couldn't believe how thin, how flimsy it felt or looked. Yeah. It, it was just really, and it was really compact. Yeah. And then the dash was really high. Yeah. Like, I literally had to stand, like, sit up to look over the dash. Yeah, while, yeah. And I was just like, it was just different. I mean, it's it's different than being on a plane when you're traveling somewhere and, and going on vacation or whatever, and you're in the back seat. It, it gave you a different perspective of what the, the cockpit is like, right? That's what it is. 
how much horsepower do you think those they put out those the one like the ones that we went up in i i don't know like i'm I can't be more than like three or four hundred no way less like what a hundred 150 150 horsepower yeah how much do they weigh uh 150 ma- horsepower really yeah. yeah yeah maximum takeoff weight for that is uh 2300 pounds some similar as my bike yeah so like and that's like maximum takeoff weight full fuel full like at the maximum amount of passengers you can carry is 2300 pounds but like without passengers without fuel i think it's around 1600 pounds something like that 1650 i think it is yeah, they're light, man. It's like a little, uh, little, little lawnmower with wings. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was very, very noisy. Yeah, like extremely noisy. Yeah, you had you had the bad headset, man. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I was just like, holy cow, man, this is loud. But yeah, yeah it was just, uh, but it was, it was fun. It was lots of fun, man, to to go through that. So it's just, I'm fascinated that you basically have taken on another career, and you don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, like you, you don't know if it's gonna be a transition from trade to that and then you don't know what's going to go from there right yeah any, i would love it do any helicopter or what no oh, man it's expensive it's like training is like 500 an hour for that 500 an hour yeah and it's a lot more difficult right yeah yeah do you know have you have you seen like stuff on auto rotating or have you heard of that no so it's like working with your hands is demanding you demand gear that works as hard as you do now get it only at work and wear offering the best in workwear since 1975 from cool works ventilated work pants to keep you cool to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe including harnesses from 49.95 and top name safety footwear by timberland keen kodiak Terra, and blundstone just to name a few only at work and wear in markham scarborough and whitby or workandwear.ca Think of like when a plane stalls, you practice like stalling a plane. It just kind of like float, goes like this. The nose drops very gently and then you can just recover it. Yeah. But with like if your engine dies in, in an airplane, like you can just glide down to the ground. You pick up the right airspeed and it'll give you like your best glide. Okay. Helicopter engine dies. You're basically dropping down to the ground. And then at the last second, you kind of flare it just to get a bit of like lift so the 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 landing isn't that hard softer yeah that's how you emergency land a helicopter yeah it's called auto rotate and you just come down it's like oh man I so watched, you're trying to fly it down you're trying to get like you're trying to get a lot of speed because with if you have more speed you get more lift okay so if a plane like think about like a plane flying really slow it's not going to have any lift so it's going to fall out of the sky right yeah same thing you know helicopter if it's flying fast and then you want to like pull it back. You'll get a little bit of lift, but you got to time it just right. Right before you hit the ground. Right before you hit the ground. <laughs> and then you still got to hit the, you still got to land it and hit the ground. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, it's a different beast. You ever see movies or TV shows that are doing any kind of aerial stuff and you're like, that's bullshit. That's all bullshit. Sometimes yeah. I think. Yeah. But there's like, there's one channel. There's a, oh man, who's the guy? I think it's a, uh, this guy, he flies a 747 um he looks like uh, he looks like caillou okay he just looks like caillou you know <laughs> caillou was an asshole right was he i think so i don't know what <laughs> maybe she knows she's younger than me i don't know okay <laughs> yeah uh anyway so this guy he he'll like he talks a lot about aviation but he'll like he'll watch like films and be like oh this is like bullshit because a lot of it's like airline stuff and they have their sops okay it's a lot more rigid so he's like he knows like way better than you know i'm just like you know cpl it's like nothing but 
this guy he knows and it's it's fun to watch that stuff sometimes too <laughs> it's just it's I, I i find it very very daunting that's the one thing when i even though there isn't a world of instruments whatever there was just like you literally were communicating and controlling and touching every component on that dash yeah it wasn't like one thing that wasn't there right that needed to be used as a result of flying yeah which is really really daunting and, and kind of challenging if you don't know what's going on right yeah but yeah. good for you i mean yeah. that's amazing that you've done that right yeah yeah it's fun i i loved it i still do it'd be nice to just buy my own plane one day and they expensive i know you told me the price and i was like a little you can get one for like 30 or 40k used yeah the old like you know like the one that we went up in was like from like 67 really yeah i mean it's very tinny but i guess yeah. as long as it goes <laughs> yeah. up and came down as long know, as it goes we up went up and down. we came down safely right yeah. so and like you said yeah you could probably i guess those smaller planes would be a lot easier to land in an emergency yeah yeah they're you just like you got to pick up the right airspeed so like 65 knots for that one uh which probably translates to 80 miles per hour or something like that and then you just like pick up that because if you if you go slower you're just gonna like you're gonna you're gonna fall out of the sky faster but like 65 gives you like the best distance like distance to height so yeah they uh yeah they'll land you ever get clients or gcs that kind of look at you a little differently when they hear that you're also a pilot uh i try not to like i try not to mention it too much well you're telling everybody right now <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm out i'm out oh uh, i feel no, like because i could see that because it's like um it's quite a skill you know what i mean yeah so it's like maybe you got a different mindset right yeah yeah uh i think it's like it's changed the way i approach the way i work too in what respect like with with like the checklists and sops so I kind of, when I started flying, I kind of, I picked up a lot of that. And I'm like, when I do my own work or just like when I, like the process from like start to finish of like, you know, initial call with the client to, to closing it out. Interesting. I try yeah. to follow along like, you know, kind of like a formula, just like a checklist, you know, for a Cessna. And, you know, if you follow the checklist on a Cessna, you're pretty solid unless, you know, like somebody else did something wrong. But even then you could save it it's you know there's enough information there where it's like you should be fine fill in the blanks yeah like it it'll just like it'll tell you it's like there's you know a regular checklist and there's an emergency checklist and you know i, I try to like take that approach with with jobs with projects but there's a lot more curveballs with projects man because people change their minds framing's crooked oh man i'd argue man there's a lot of curveballs up in the air you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of risks, a lot of dangers. There's all kind, of, and you're constantly renegotiating, I guess, and navigating yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So hit a few birds too. Have you ever? Yeah, you hit them. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, <laughs> I was in Oshawa, so like we were flying out of Oshawa, right? And I was doing my night training. Came in, I was pretty low, and like it was, I just saw something just hit me. I was like, oh man, these Oshawa kids. Like this is what I get for <laughs> flying in <to> Oshawa. <laughs> <laughs> sorry people from oshawa but you guys know <laughs> did, did the bird stick so you can cook it later on or what's going on like just defeather it and have it for dinner but uh, i mean yeah. yeah there was a little bit left on the plane for dinner but <laughs> what do you have to do you have to hold it down for the next person who's going to use it no no i still have the pictures of it. <laughs> just like yeah poor guy but 
He's um, probably wondering, what the fuck was that, man? Like, he's like, what did I do in life? Yeah, man, I was just flying. All of a sudden, this stupid machine just hits me, man. He just rolls up in heaven like, God, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Bring me back down, man. Yeah. yeah. No, it's all right. So I'm just curious. I mean, that's why I was asking about the helicopter, right? Because I guess you start looking for new challenges now. You got this challenge taken care of. So then you got to figure out what's the next challenge at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I started doing aerobatic training, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. We're doing... Um, yeah, I won't go up for that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, the first time I went up, I was... Yeah, I was scared. Like, you pull some Gs. Like, you... That plane, you aim for four Gs. So it's just, like, four times your weight, yeah. right? And... So yeah, you're sinking in the seat at that point. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I recorded myself on GoPro, and, like, my face was, like... <laughs> just, like, Holy cow. Just from four Gs. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Like, when, yeah, like, when you pull back, when you're doing a loop that initial pullback you hit the four g's and then once you kind of hit like a bit of a steady state and it goes back to to one g or maybe like 1.2 whatever and then you're inverted and it's like you know you're looking above like through the canopy come back down and then when you pull out of the dive you hit that four g not four g's but you you get close to it and it's it's great it's great is it kind of like um like it helps you physically and mentally because it's pushing your body to an extreme. I, th I mean, maybe, yeah. Like, there's got to be like some science behind that, right? I, I, I would assume so. Like, I mean, the way you fix your body or the way you kind of advance your body is by pushing extremes on it, right? So, I guess this, I'm just assuming that pilots that push their bodies in that in those kinds of environments would actually be beneficial to the body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless you crash. That's a different story, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you've pushed it too far, yeah, right? At yeah. that point. Yeah, we don't talk about that. No, no. Um I like I'll say when I came down and like I thought about it, I felt happy. Like I was like I was genuinely happy. So maybe that was like a pretty good indicator of um, you know, some sort of positive effect of it, I guess. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, actually I, I thought about this too. So like I wanted to get your take. Um, so, like, there's, like, this idea where, you know, if, you, if, if you're doing something right and you're, fe like, you feel good about it, you feel positive about it, like, I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, you, you know, at the end you feel happy. So, obviously, like, you're doing the right thing. But there's certain situations where things make you happy and it's, like, you know it's not the right thing. So, like, what's, like, the best way? What do you think in your mind is the best way to define, like, a personal success? Because like you work out, it's painful, right? And you're not, maybe you're not happy while you're doing it. So like, how would you, how do you look at that? How do you look at like a personal success? Well, it's all individual, right? So it's everybody's got their own level of success and, and what you think is successful may not be successful for somebody else, right? So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, so if you're doing something and it, you know that it's not right, but it's giving you happiness mm -hmm. or successful, Mm -hmm. attached to it i guess as long as it's not hurting somebody else mm -hmm. like i think that's the equation for me i would look at it like as long as it's not hurting somebody else and it's still giving me pleasure or happiness or whatever it is then i find that it's still positive to me right right but also i find that i know that majority of people as they get older they try to figure out their purpose and they somehow try to connect their purpose to happiness mm -hmm. and they're two separate things 
right? So I think everybody's just motivated and driven by happiness and trying to chase happiness, their version of happiness. Yeah. And then in the back of their head, they're trying to figure out what their purpose is, what's the reason why they're here, what they're supposed to achieve or accomplish or shit like that. And sometimes maybe it's like that quiet room in tenonitis where we're like you all of a sudden like maybe you just need to just drown everything mm-hmm. and just have a clear mind, right? Yeah. And then just uh there's a lot of people that I, I there's some people that I know in construction they purposely keep themselves busy or around situations to keep themselves, their minds and their thoughts busy. Mm-hmm. And they, they probably do that because they're not able to hear what's truly going on in their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a rare breed that could be completely quiet and zone out everything. And that, but that's goes to meditation, right? Like that's, yeah. it's hard to meditate. Like I've tried it. Yeah. There's too many voices in there. There's <laughs> yeah. way too many voices. In I know. There, right. And, and you talk to people who meditate. I'm trying to get somebody on the show as well because I want to get more insight on it. Right. Like this show's about me trying to fucking find my own shit. Right. Yeah. So it's like you, you, they tell you, they explain it to you and how it should be done. And you're like, I can't quiet my mind that way. Maybe it's the creative side of me. Mm-hmm. Like I came from film, like I'm in construction and now I'm, I'm doing a bigger of both now. My mind is creatively always looking at things and always trying to figure out stuff. So it's like hard for me to quiet my mind. Yeah. And I think as I get older, all I really want to do is quiet my mind. Right. Which is challenging. Especially with the tinnitus. <laughs> it is because the quieter you get or the quieter space you find, the louder that becomes, which distracts you, which makes you feed into your thoughts, which continues you and your distraction, which prevents you from clearly focusing your meditation on your mind right yeah that's a challenge now do you do you see yourself as more creative than like the opposite side of it like logical let's say which if we divide it like into two it's like you're more on the creative side which 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 is right or left which one's the creative which one you would know i don't know i don't okay all right i thought you would know Whatever brain it is, I'm sure that mine's larger on the greater on the creative side than it is on the logical side. There's yeah. a lot of reasoning that I'm like, oh fuck it. Yeah. As you get older, you just throw so much caution to the wind. But I'm in my fifties now, so I can only throw so far. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That rotator but, cuff. Eh? Yeah, no, no, no. That's all gone now, man. That's totally. And you guys get that all the time, man. Yeah. I fi- I told you how I fixed that, man. You got to sleep in bed with your arm up as if you're like part of the German army. You know what I mean? Like you just, that's, you do that for a few months and it's gone. Right. So I, well, you know, all you people are offended. I'll kiss my ass. Um, But basically you got to keep your arm up. Right. It's the same way that I also, I see guys with plantar fatigue, itis or whatever that shit. Right. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and I I don't know if we talked about it or I spoke to somebody else about it. I had that because you had the wrong footwear going on. And all of a sudden I went to the doctor and he started talking about the boot and sleeping with the boot on and then if that didn't work then a steroid shots if that didn't uh, work then surgery and i'm like dude I'm, I'm not liking any of this shit you know i solved that you sleep with your feet hanging over the edge of the bed oh yeah that worked eh? that worked wow because when you sleep and i sleep on my side or my stomach you extend your foot so now it's in an unnatural position which creates the planter right mm-hmm. so the moment that you just slide a little bit down you put your feet over the edge of the bed your feet's in a natural position i did that for a few months it disappeared is that like a is that is that like a thing or you you kind of like tested some different stuff out? No, I just did that. You did that. I I was in I was in discomfort. 
And I had enough of this shit and I wasn't going to listen to the doctors about the boot and about the steroid and about the surgery. I was like, those are three options I'm not interested in. Right. Yeah. So I'm not a stormtrooper. I don't like drugs that much and I'm not going to do surgery for that. So I just literally slid down. Yeah. And then I started realizing there's, there's no pain. It's not discomforting. It's not. And then it completely went away and I have not had it since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's always like a holistic approach. I feel like it's to, not that I'm, a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, I just, I rather, okay. I honestly believe that, you can fix your body naturally in like simple ways. Yeah. Simple yeah. ways. Right. Yeah. yeah you don't There's extremes to. where you do get an illness or what have you. And it's like, you've just been targeted. Well, yeah. Something. You get hit by a car, you know, you can't like, yeah. uh, you know, sleep half off the bed. Right. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, like we're in construction. Like how many times do we damage something? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I remember lifting certain things and you get a pain and you pull the muscle in your chest and all of a sudden you're like, going, oh, that really hurt. Right. Yeah. Or you extend an arm, like something happens. Like, yeah, the, the friggin' uh, rotary cuff is a big one. Everyone always has rotary cuff problems. And I'm like, that's a pinched nerve. It's all it is. Mm -hmm. you, it's an inflamed pinched nerve and you just got to reduce the swelling. Mm -hmm. That's all it is, man. Ice works. And the other thing, I don't know if I told you this, but I've been ice showering every morning since December of last year. Oh, you did it in the, you started fork, in the winter, right? Fork, oh, yeah. The water's even colder. I know. Yeah. That's what the I, the water's even, and dude, I, the first time I ever did it, I barely made it to a minute. Yeah. I barely, and I, and I also realized that I insulated the pipe so well in the house that when I first turn on the, the shower, it's warm water. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not getting the full cold. So I literally had to run the water to get the coldest water I possibly want, yeah. can, and then I get in there and now I can do a 15 to almost 20 minute shower. <sighs> Now I'm at the point where I'm actually showering and bathing and soaping, sudsing up. And it's all, all cold. All cold. It's like not even a thought to turn on the warm. You're just like, no, cold. We're set. Your dick is shriveled because it's fucking cold. But it's like, it's good. I don't have any joint pains. Yeah. I don't have any rotary cuff planter. For, I got nothing at all. Yeah. So it does something. Yeah. Like I was, I did that a bit in the summer, but you know, that's like. That a winter, man. Do it. I, I haven't, know. I did the ice bath one time and that's literally like fire. Like when you sit in it, your yeah. body is feeling like it's on fire. They have these, uh, like these, these ice bath tubs that they sell now. But I feel like you could, I mean, you just kind of like. Cold you know what it is? There's another guy, Dave Osprey, who did this book called uh, The Bulletproof Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. He's a biohacker. Mm -hmm. So I totally respect his thoughts on biohacking, right? And he actually said that you can actually get a big salad bowl, mm -hmm. put ice water in it, and dump your head into it. And that'll have like a... The same effect as doing an ice bath or a, sh a cold shower. It's it's all the nerve endings in your head that yeah. actually trigger... What it, There's that... Um, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was saying as soon as you put your body in that state, uh, that frozen thing, there's something that comes from out, out of your brain and it just uh, it tells your body to react a certain way. So you're being told that you're freezing, so your body has to react to it and defend it. Right. So the first thing it does is it makes the blood in your body move, which makes you feel warmer, mm -hmm. which it totally does. So when you first get into a cold shower, you're cold. Like you literally just step right in and you're cold. But then you literally, you ever had morphine? You ever been in a hospital and doctors yeah. inject the morphine into yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't you feel that rush of just going through your entire body like that? that felt great. It felt amazing. I asked if they could give me something <laughs> home. Yeah, that becomes an addict, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's it's like that. So as soon as you get that cold thing, that movement of blood in your body just warms your entire body. And then all of a sudden, you're not cold anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's insane how it's it's completely different now. So I'm not even afraid of it. I'm actually looking forward to the winter ones because the cold, the water is so much colder. It has a better effect. Totally. 
Yeah. Totally has a better effect, man. Yeah. So yeah. I just like that. And, and I'm telling you the truth. I'm 51, almost 52. I got no joints, man. Mm-hmm. Plus, I get to the point where I'm in the shower. I'm doing squats. <laughs> I just like I'm bored. So I want to sit here for the cold water. So then all of a sudden I want to strengthen my legs. Like, I mean, everyone knows when you're training, everyone's getting started. The legs, the quads are the biggest muscles in your body. Yeah. So if you strengthen them, it affects the rest of the body, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm in the culture and I start doing squats and I'm doing perfect squats. I'm not letting my knee go past my foot. So I'm like, I'm literally close eyed, cold water pouring on me doing cold squats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the form is like, that's super important too. You're just yeah. kind of saying like how, you know, you don't let your, your knees go past your feet and, uh, Everyone cheats when we're training, man. Come on, swinging when you're doing curls and shit and yeah. all that kind of crap, right? Well, you could like you could swing it up, but it's like on the negative repetition where you got to get it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gets harder as you get older, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> man, like, yeah, you know what? It's funny because like, yeah, even like now I'll work out six days a week or sometimes I'll go like nine days in a row, 12 days in a row. Um, and, you know, like it's okay. It's all right. But when I was younger, like in my 20s, I just had way more energy. Like sometimes I would do like two workouts. I just do like a very like simple like push-pull leg routine. Uh, sometimes I would do like two in a day. You know? Those days are gone. Those days are so gone. How old are you? Uh, 35. I just turned 35. Yeah. Ah, you still got time, man. You're going to see a huge change when <laughs> you hit 40s. And definitely you're going to see a huge change when you hit 50s, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got time to go downhill. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like... So you were you work out like I remember a while back you not were, as much as I used to right I remember a while back yeah you were posting videos like you had yeah. a you had a, do you still have that rower I still have that rower the the, the water rower is an amazing thing it was probably one of the best things I ever purchased fifteen hundred bucks it's a hell of that's, a workout dude I can't even get past seven minutes on that thing that's a good I mean that's a good price for what you're getting yeah like that's like it's, it's a lot better than a spinner bike it's a lot better than a clip like elliptical whatever yeah, yeah. it's a lot better than that shit right hundred percent. Plus, it's just, it's simple. It's just literally water. Yep. That's all it is, right? And yep. what I like the best about it, because I went through spinners, all kinds of other machinery, mm-hmm. there's always pressure points. Mm-hmm. That then doesn't have a single pressure point on it. You're sitting down and you're moving and your lats and you're stretching and all that stuff. Like, there's no pressure uh, resistance. Yeah, there's no, like, high impact, like, when you're running or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you were doing it in the morning, right? Yeah, I was always. I, I I talked to Jason the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, I do my workout in the evening after work." And I'm like, "Nope, I can't do that, man." Yeah, I do it first thing in the morning, four a.m. cold water, cold shower, and then the train. Right? I admire people that do that because, like, I I wake up in the morning, and you know, like sometimes I'll do stretches or just like just uh, certain workouts, just to strengthen like core. Or, like if you know, if I've got like a rotator issue, I'll do some just some like light stuff just to tighten up, but yeah to, to do the morning stuff Oof. what time you wake up it depends depends how busy i am like and uh i guess the question is what time you go to bed what time do i go to bed man <laughs> i go to bed at 10 30 man the same thing like some some nights i'm in bed at like 9 9 30 really yeah and you're having a hard time wake up no 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 like like this past winter you know uh like from february up until maybe like april may i was going to bed like 9 9 30 and i'd be up at like 4 30 wow and i mean you know it's it's not that bad like that's like seven hours right yeah um they say that's the best time between 10 and 3 in the morning to sleep yeah that's the best time that's when you Mm -hmm. get the best sleep out of your body okay if you sleep if you go to bed later and wake up later it's harder on your body yeah right so 
so like how often are you on the tools now are you are you doing no that? i'm not i'm You're like not. yeah i'm not i'm not doing that anymore i mean right. if i get a job then i'll figure it out at that point yeah but no i'm not i'm doing more of this like you talk about running the business differently i'm focusing more on this the administrative side of this there's all kinds of stuff on the back, behind the scenes on this for sure right so there's a lot of work on that i, I mean i'm talking about doing some projects i'm trying to figure out how i would do it yeah. but they would be more projects that are tied to this show instead mm. of for clients right so i yeah. think my days with clients are done as much as i've had so much fun with that shit <laughs> so much fun as all of us have i love doing homeowner jobs my favorite thing they're there i've always said to anybody i don't know i probably said it on the show this industry would be amazing if you got rid of all the clients <laughs> you know i like there are some like good homeowners that oh 100 far and like, few though yeah like early on we did a lot of stuff for homeowners because it was like a lot of advertising and they would just call me through home stars and you know most of them were like were great and then once in a while you know there were some like interesting ones we'll say <laughs> um but i want to ask you about like yeah so so when you were on the tools and what you were working out because i remember when you were doing like the rows in the morning yeah you were you were on the tools at that yeah, point yeah, yeah so like how was that like how did you balance that it was challenging i mean is it's nice that i was getting more sub trades so i was basically just being a gc administrating things mm -hmm. so i would show up on site be there supervise yeah. and not necessarily physically do work right i don't think i'd be able to do a training in the morning then go to work and do physical work i mean i'm sure there's a lot of trades that do that yeah but it takes its toll over time no right yeah plus training when you get older it's different like gone are the days of two three plates like that this isn't shit i'd rather do 25 repetitions or 30 repetitions at one plate yeah. and handle that right yeah. then i rather do that that those are days i mean we had a guy a kid in here tyler tyler i think it was for the plumbers were round table and he was like 25 mm -hmm. and I, I just i looked at him and i was like you want creatine he goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like i gone to those days of creatine right yeah. Yeah. but i wonder if if I were to start going back on creatine, would I balloon? Because I actually really did well on creatine. Like it was almost, I saw people a month later that didn't see me and they're like, what the fuck you want? Mm -hmm. I was like, creatine, man. And I was like, it just, it kind of absorbed in my body like really, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. It gave me a lot of strength. I don't know if I, I saw you at that point or maybe it was like some of the one of your posts, but yeah, you look pretty jacked. And I was like, that, oh man, yeah, yeah, this guy's fucking, you know. And I wasn't on any juicing up. No, and I, I'm never going to. And I know guys that have juiced and I was like, ah, I'm not touching that shit. I right. thought about it once. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, because like, you know how it is. Like if you do like one cycle and then you build up that muscle, it, you know, your, your muscle creates extra cells or it, yep. it, it cells expand. And like, you'll always have that potential. Even if you go through one cycle. So I was like, oh, maybe I should try it out. And then I just decided against it because it was just, it seemed like more hassle than it was worth. Like you have to like go off, so like all this stuff. And I'm not, I just want to be, I just want to feel like good. I want to like look decent. And yeah. That's, that's why I do it. I'm not like, you know, like you said, like, oh, toss on three plates. Like that's, that's, uh, that's you your know. 20s, man. Yeah. And that's like an ego thing too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like I can, t I can do, you know, whatever. I can squat, uh, deadlift 500. I never got to that point. And I, I probably never will, but that's just like an ego thing, man. You don't need to. Like, you it's don't. just, I, I think at that point, it's, it's just good to do something. Yeah. I see a lot of friends of mine that 
Working with your hands is demanding. You demand gear that works as hard as you do. Now get it only at Work and Wear. Offering the best in workwear since 1975. From CoolWorks ventilated work pants to keep you cool, to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe. Including harnesses from $49.95 and top name safety footwear by Timberland, Keen, Kodiak, Terra, and Blundstone. Just to name a few. Only at Work and Wear in Markham, Scarborough, and Whitby or workandwear.ca are fully committed in office jobs and they've all gained so much weight and they walk like old men. And I, and I have to catch myself sometimes and talk to them going, you know what? We're the same age, man. And you're walking as if you got like 15 years on me, man. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you walking with such difficulty, man? I don't get it. I don't, and I don't want to be at that point either. Right? No, I really want to, without being roids or whatever, but I, I've also bumped into much older people than I, that are very vibrant mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it has to do just they do walks that's yeah. a european mentality like they always eat and then walk yeah like yeah. that's it i love that mentality right it's not sedentary like yeah they you live longer yeah you live happier too and you don't have the aches and pains yeah well there's like a whole thing about that too like i don't know it's a whole can of worms like you know everything's like walkable in europe right and they have like these 15 minute cities but it's pretty controversial here yeah because you know everything that's happened in the past few years. So like, I like the idea of just being able to walk anywhere. Like we live in Mississauga, so it's yeah. like, we have to drive. You have to drive because you can't walk to anything. And that's interesting. Yeah. Like my neighborhood, it's like just to go to the grocery store. It's like, that's like a 10, 15 minute. It's like a solid 15 minute walk, but it's like a two minute drive. Yeah. But then you're carrying stuff, right? Carrying stuff and it's winter. You know what I mean? But that's that's Europe and and yeah, I guess that's what it is. And then I see a lot of, I mean, are tradespeople getting stronger? Are they healthier? Are they more conscious about that shit? Because they're eating Uber, getting Tim's every day, yeah. smoking, yep, right, and weed, yeah. Um, and so it's like, are they really healthier than I was when I was much younger? I don't, I don't, I don't like, I remember even back before construction, I was in the film business. I used to, tra- I used to train a lot more mm-hmm. and I had a physical job being a lighting technician and my muscles were completely fatigued. Right. And I remember yeah. my boss giving me shit going, why can't you carry that? That should be easy for you. Right. And I was yeah. like, because I just finished training today and it, it actually hurt this morning. Right. Yeah. And you got to recover. Yeah. I think most trades guys like in general, were not that healthy. Like I love a good cigarette. Everyone like, you know, like I'll pick it up for a month and just just smoke it i love it man it's good it's that's what good. i do with cigars man i think i maybe had four cigars this year so far right but it's august coming into september and that's yeah. the extent of it yeah but yeah i love a good dart <laughs> <laughs> but then you know like i'll stop uh yeah but i don't think the trades of the young trades of today are as health conscious as we were at that age uh, i don't know it's hard to say but then again in your 20s you can almost eat anything yeah like I our, still do. I still eat anything. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm only. Uh, I'm on one meal a day. Really? In the evenings. That's it. That's intense. Man. I don't eat anything. Oh, dude, man. I seven day water fast for once a year. So no food for seven days straight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You you drink water. Yeah. Yeah. Just water. Oh, no man. food. The focus on that after yeah. like a few days, like dude, you'll stare like a hole through a fence. No, nah, you, you're you're good because and and I've done it without any medical supervision either, right? Because they tell you you're supposed to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. He prescribes pills. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not a conversation I want to have, right? So all you do is you be aware of it. And I used I was still working on the job side. I remember a few times that I did it, 
and I was on the job site on the sixth day, fifth, mm-hmm. sixth day, and I was picking up stuff, and I was getting lightheaded, and I had to sit down. What was your focus like? You're by the seventh day, you're really clear. Like you could you're, probably like you could probably see if something was off by a sixteenth of an inch. No, I don't know about that. I don't know about. You're just like, nah, you fucked. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're it's your whole body like it just transforms because you're doing something that your body's not used to doing. Mm-hmm. And then I started adding this year. I started adding three day water fasts once a month. I would love so to you do don't that. eat for seventy two hours. I would love to. Do, you you got. You got balls. To do it's that, easy, man. dude. I don't. I don't wake up and have a big breakfast. Yeah. I, I wake up and have water and lemon and mm-hmm. ginger. Mm-hmm. That's what I wake up, and then I don't touch food until like five, six in the evening. When you grew up, what was the kind of breakfast that you guys would like? Uh, it was just like cereal? cereal crap and yeah. shit like that. Like you'll never find me in the aisle in the cereal aisle. You'll never find me in the chip aisle. Like you'll never find me in those aisles, right? Yeah. Because all that shit is garbage, in my yeah. opinion. Right? It yeah. doesn't really benefit, and you taste it too when you. So here's the best thing. If you ever do a seven day, if you ever want to try it out, right? You got to really be conscious of driving on the sixth or seventh day. Like mm-hmm. You can't operate motor vehicles and, and definitely power tools. You got to be cautious of it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're weak and your focus is clear, but it's not clear. You can't react as quickly as you could if you were eating normally, right? And you can't even have sugar. Like sugar's out of the equation. You can't touch any of that shit. Some people have done like uh, juice cleanses where you're just touching natural juices and they'll survive that way. Mm-hmm. But I just, I went full blown water, right? And and you'll, the best part of doing a seven day is that when you're on the eighth day and you're going to have your first meal, your taste buds literally taste every single thing in the food that you're about to eat. So pick something that has extreme flavor to it. Yeah. Because you will taste, if you put certain spices in there, you'll taste it all like it's your mouth hasn't touched any food whatsoever yeah so the the receptive like they're so sensitive now and that's the first thing i noticed when i first did it like the first time was probably about 10 years ago like as soon as i had that first bite i was like holy shit i'm literally tasting and i don't have the best taste buds in the world right and i was literally tasting everything oh you could probably hear taste too man yeah it's insane like it's just and i know it's beneficial right so and you lose the first time i ever did it i lost 23 pounds like from a seven day seven day so you 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 know the, the the way it works, right? It says it starts to eat all your fat, yeah, because that's where the energy it's is, like right? Ketosis, exactly. So yeah. it starts to eat away all that stuff. So then you, yeah. I lost twenty three pounds the first time. Second time I ever did, I think it was about twenty one. It's always been at around uh, nineteen now, eighteen, nineteen now pounds. Guarantee it's gone. Hmm. But I'm actually at my weight now. I haven't been this weight since my I would say late twenties. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got the heaviest I got was still 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And that was last summer. What do you got now? Or you want, you don't want to say? No, I mean, right now I'm pushing 213. 213. Right. I'm 5'9", 51 and a half. Yeah. I want to get back to my ideal weight when I was training back in those days was 195. Yeah. Right. So I would love to get to 195, be a 50 year old man at 195 and have the energy. Right. Yeah, your arms, your arms look like you no. Know, the arms are still fine. Up. The yeah, waist is good. down. Yeah. I, I love that the belt keeps on flapping on the side, so you got that little tail sticking out now, mm-hmm. right? And I, I love that the pants are not like snug at all. Yeah. They never will be. Yeah. But eating once a day, like you enjoy the meal that you eat, and you leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't eat until twenty four hours later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have plenty of energy, man. I could totally, and I could totally do it on a job site. But I know we're so used, to, like Rob. The guys are so used to walking on the job site with a Tim's in their hand, mm. donut, bagel, 
and then midway through the day, smoke, bagel, donut, whatever. I, I agree with the smoke. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like, it's all that. And, and I'm not just like, okay, like, it's funny. I read somewhere where that diabetes is, far, is killing more people than smoking. Probably. So, I mean, if someone was eating a candy bar, nobody says shit about that. But if you're smoking yeah. a cigarette, then they say shit about that, right? And then weed is a lot safer than tobacco. Cigarettes. Yeah. Because oh, of yeah. the amount of shit that's in cigarettes. Yeah, right? And yeah. that's why I smoke a cigar. So a cigar, it's like... It's a bit more natural. You know exactly what's in there, right? Unless it's yeah. a shady cigar. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so it's just like, like a corner store cigar. And I'm not endorsing. I'm like, you've got to smoke. And same with drinking. Like, I know there's lots of guys like uh, Huberman... You know, if you drink, it, it kills so many brain cells and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, occasionally a drink is okay. It's fine, yeah. It's fine. I drink wine. I'm European. Yeah. You drink wine, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Like you, it's, it's in the baby bottle. Like, that's <laughs> as far as it goes. Like, it's just like, if I had kids, I'd be putting in the baby bottle. What's wrong with that, man? Yeah. It's, it's grape juice is what it is. I mean, yeah, I grew up with my dad and my nonna. And, like, around holidays, my nonna would give me a bit of, like, anisette or sometimes, you know, like, she, she would always have a bit of wine with every meal. <laughs> so, like, you know, she would give me, like, a sip of wine and, you know. When I was a kid. And but it's perfectly like, fine, man. Probably better so. than a lot of the baby formula today, right? <laughs> yeah. I would think so. Yeah. But yeah, I think that as you get older, you start realizing certain things. And, and yeah, I was bad in my late 40s. And then you're eating garbage. I stopped eating garbage, right? You mm-hmm. start realizing what's good or bad. And then I totally believe that protein meat is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I touch carbs. Yeah. Right? And, and I vegetables. That's it. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of red meat, a lot of ground beef, a lot of protein, chicken, thighs, breasts, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, I use it as fuel, is what I do, right? Yeah. If you if you like if you approach food that way, it's like okay, like I need this to get through. I need X to get through Y. When you when you consciously tell yourself that you're only going to eat once a day, you look forward to that moment when you're eating that once a day. Mm-hmm. right and all of a sudden and you don't have hunger pains yeah like that goes away real fast it does yeah right but the thing is you can't load up during the day with coffee 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 right mm-hmm. and i'm not a smoker smoker so i don't know how that's going to affect if that's going to if that's what you're going to do or whatever i don't know anybody else that's i tell people i do the water fasting i do the intermittent and and they're like okay good for you yeah, great for you and i was like good but it's it's working for me physically it's working yeah so yeah, well, like like smoking that that'll that'll kill your hunger like pretty quick. Does it? Yeah, but yeah. then weed amplifies your hunger. I don't know. Like I, I like when I was younger, I would you know I would partake. Uh, now I just don't. But like no, but like the majority of people I know that smoke weed, they're always hungry after they're smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. Horny or hungry? Those are the two, right? Or confused? Or confused? <laughs> <laughs> so but it's yeah. just like I'm neither one of those when I'm smoking a cigar. But yeah, cigarettes, yeah, it'll, like, like my mom, she was, she was born in Croatia, right? It was like communist country. And like, you know, sometimes, you know, if they didn't have money, you know, my mom would be like, oh, like, you know, can I have some, like, I want to eat something. And my grandmother would just be like, no, just like, it's cheaper to have a cigarette. To suppress the appetite. Just to get rid of your appetite. Wow. It's old school world <laughs> mentality, man. Wow. Yeah. But, so that's, I think that's where I got that from. Like in the summer, I'll skip out on lunch. Like, I'll, like I have like a just a small breakfast, like an egg sandwich with cheese and butter, just like protein and fat, just to, you know, sustain me until whatever. And then just like a nice solid dinner at night, you know, like a lot of protein. And then in the winter, I'll eat a lot more, just because I don't know, just something happens in the winter. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, why? Why is it in the winter differently? I don't know. 
maybe it's like maybe just in the summer I just want to look a little bit better and like you know I just try to cut a little bit um when I started working out like I started bulking I think I was like must have been like 23 24 like I got up to 220 pounds I was thick like I felt thick how you tall know? are you uh just over six yeah uh but like I felt like I felt like I was thick but I felt good but then when I started like cutting back I feel a lot better when I'm lighter man when I'm like 185 or less I just feel like more agile you know what I mean like there's like less less strain on my legs walking on stilts is a bit easier yeah that's challenging in itself man yeah stilts are yeah like they have like a bunch of new ones out now I don't know if you've seen them like they've got like double pole uh like they're made of magnesium so they're a bit lighter lighter yeah yeah a lot but of where's the strain on, when you're on stilts where's the strain on your body depends how you set it up because like they've got springs so if you if you adjust the springs you could probably make it a bit easier okay but is there, are there any pinch points on your body from because you're obviously overcompensating somewhere to navigate the stilts right yeah so like so if you've got a smaller foot than the foot of the of the stilt you know it's like it's spread more evenly but if your foot's like over that you're gonna feel more pressure on a certain part of your foot yeah so definitely like if i spend a full day on stilts or like even like three quarters of a day my feet are, are just like fried by the end my lower back too but the lower back could just be a, a result of like your your hands up hands up you're yeah. like bending backwards kind of thing but I just always figured that the moment you try to, it was kind of like that festool harness thing where you're trying to hold it a certain way. Yeah. You're putting your body in an unnatural position, even pole sanding. You're putting your body in an unnatural position, the way we were physically designed to move. Right. Yeah. So when the first thing you do that, it overcompensates on something. So a muscle is being overused incorrectly. So then it's going to affect it. Right. And that's where mm -hmm. you, and you would know, I guess, right away from the first day you're doing it when you get home and the pain that you would feel the next day. Yeah. That's what you overexerted. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I was younger, it would be like, you know, the next day I would feel it. But now like I'm 35, you know, like I, I feel it as soon as I get off. I'm just like, Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> just take the pain, man. That's Dude, all it it's, is. Not, it's changed. So like, like from like 30 to 35, huge difference i'm telling you wait till you hit 40 man wait till you hit 50 don't tell don't i'm just me. telling you the truth and that's why i'm saying i kind of wish i was starting the cold showers like a lot sooner because then i would have been healing a bunch of stuff right yeah but yeah. i mean i definitely encourage people to do that it ain't it ain't the most comfortable at first you got to work it up i'm telling you right now it took me two three weeks to build the resistance for it yeah so you're literally freezing like it's it's cold did you uh read wim hof anything by him i i haven't read him yet i want to yeah but yeah i mean i i totally believe that guy fucking climbed everest and like in shorts man yeah like that's insane man yeah but, but he I, I totally believe that what he's doing is healing the body right mm -hmm. it works yeah what is it called is it tumo or tumi yoga like or it's like a type of like yoga i guess they call it where it's you can like regulate your body i think it's tumi or tumo or okay, i don't know i don't know Anyways. yoga is nice I yeah mean, it totally works it's have you hard done it? i've done it yeah i cannot get to certain poses man i mm -hmm. just i'm not that flexible i was never been that flexible right yeah so yeah, yeah i've always wanted to go but just don't know if i'd fit in I'd <laughs> i mean it's nice yeah. to hear like i've had plenty of trades on the show where like bricklayers and guys talking about how they're yoga instructors they do all these interesting things outside of construction and i think a lot of it came from their body starting to wear and tear yeah and everyone knows this man our trade our skill level 
it's a perishable item. Mm-hmm. And if you're not cautious of it, you're going to be an old man that's going to have a hard time getting out in and out of a chair. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be that way, man. Yeah. Like all of us are, are possibly going to live until our mid to late eighties, barring an accident or something like that, or just a fatal disease or whatever, but you're going to live into your eighties, right? So if you're going to retire by your sixties, you don't want to be walking around with a cane or you don't have like disability or all kinds of shit like that. Yeah. If you take care of your body. How do you think you're going to go? Me? Yeah. I got my suggest, like I, got my thought process but it depends on different things in my life what's going on but yeah i don't know Mm. i don't think i don't think it'll be an illness no i don't think so but something like exciting i'm not i'm not the one to decide right so it's like whenever you talk about planes every time i get on a plane and i'm going on a trip i always say to myself my life is no longer in my hands yeah it's in autopilot's hands it's in someone else's hands yeah right so i i have no i i cannot dictate what's going to happen to me from this moment on Mm -hmm. it's in someone else's hands right now yeah but then again i guess your life in general is that way right yeah yeah exactly like there's a lot of things you just can't control i wondered about myself too but but you're flying planes man you're like that's more risky no and the you still the bike i sold it you sold it yeah because insurance was ridiculously expensive for like for something you ride like three months out of the year you know how high was it like a few thousand it was uh yeah it was like didn't it go cheaper when you were 30 no actually they raised it and like i didn't have anything on my record i didn't have anything on my record i loved yeah i know i i loved that my my bike insurance always dropped every time i hit certain milestones as soon as i turned 30 it cut in half 35 it cut in half you have the ducati it's a yeah, cafe the, racer yeah, right the monster yeah yeah and it just got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and i was like but now it's gonna start to swing the other way because as you get older you're more of a risk how do they classify that bike that one's stupid thing with the insurance it's still classified as a super is it and i'm like you guys are idiots man they classified as a super is it a 799 it's a, it's a seven it was a 750 yeah but then i swapped the engine out two years ago so technically speaking in the insurance if they're listening i'm lying right now it's a 900 <laughs> a 900 ss engine went in there yeah care of uh carmine there from uh from uh cycle Shout um, out the carmine yeah so he he did it and uh he had a pain in the ass doing it but he figured it out and did it and and i was like it went from a five-speed 750 to a 906 speed yeah fuck what a difference man mm. like when i first took off on it i was like carmen like what's going on here he goes i told you flies eh? flies do you really no have you i'm have too you ever? no I don't, I don't want to man i see these guys just rip through the road and i'm like i don't want to do that shit man yeah i yeah. like the idea of just the ride yeah that's all i like okay right? but if insurance wasn't listening i don't man seriously <laughs> i don't i i love i love open face helmets i love feeling the air i love cold riding I love yeah. winter riding. Oh, yeah. Like, I love summer riding, too. But yeah. I, I just, I love the feeling of, of wind against my skin, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. When I was younger, when I first got it, when I was uh, 28 was when I first got my motorcycle license. Um, full face. I was full face for, I would say, a good seven, eight years. Yeah. And then you got the, just like, just the head cover. I just got the, not even a face, whatever, right? And my favorite now is uh, a ruby, right? So full open face ruby, but I've got a shield on it. Because mm-hmm. I do like when you get on the highway, you put a shield on so then you don't get that. Yeah, you got to wear, you got to wear, yeah, the chips in the eyes, right? So the last, it's like, you're, you're never a good looking guy with an eye patch on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I don't want a chip stone going into my eye, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, unless so. you're Johnny Depp. But <laughs> <laughs> all um, the shout out to the guys with eye patches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all look good one day of the year, yeah. Halloween, right? <laughs> but uh, no, and that's why I was just conscious of the of the face shield. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like, I I got rid of mine because it was just like it was almost four k a year on insurance. Holy. Yeah. It was a lot. Tickets? No, 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 no. Just like four k for for the insurance for that bike because it's like it was a uh, classified was a, as a super. Yeah, seven fifty. GSXR, unless the rates went through the roof, you got to get older. Yeah, but then I don't know. I was like, you know what? I'm doing my my pilot training. Like, like cost money too. Like, of course, yeah. Something's got to give. So, got rid of it. I still have another one. I still got a Ninja Five Hundred. I got a. The, it's carbureted. Mine is. Is it? Yeah. So you choke it when you start it. Yeah. Doesn't like the cold. Yeah. Just like the Italians, <laughs> they can't stand the cold. Yeah. You always got to rev it. Yeah, get a rev it, warm it up. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just part of the game. That's all it is. I mean, I'm envious of all the new monsters that are all fuel injected. Yeah, right. But it's kind of nice that it's carbureted. Does it run like? Is it like smooth if you if you take it up to a high speed? It's yeah, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. I mean, it 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 um it's older, man. Like it's it's on it's the bike. Is, it's a '99. Mm-hmm. It's 24 years old, man. Yeah. But I mean, it's still nice. But I've, I'm 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 very envious about the new Norton Commandos. Like, I love the way that bike looks. That's just my style. Like, Bonneville, Triumph, Norton Commando, Ducati Monster from the 90s, early 2000s. Like, that, that's, that's my style. No, no windshield, no fairings, no nothing. Yeah, I like that. That's my style, right? Yeah, yeah. But Very I don't nice. like any, like, the Ducati Scrambler. I don't like that bike. That just looks like a, a mistake or something. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. what. It, but I, I just, I, that's the style that I like, man. Mm-hmm. Bikes are interesting, right? So, yeah, yeah. I've never been a big hog guy harley yeah I like choppers i never like choppers i think they kind of look silly just like way up here you know you can't really ride it properly you can't turn it you can't park it mm-hmm. like without fifteen thousand turns or whatever yeah. like it just don't make any sense right yeah yeah I, I love the cafe racer style like that's what i wanted to do with the 500 because yeah. i saw some some people convert it into that like take off the some of the fairings and stuff that's the problem with a bike it's a never-ending project yeah it's like yeah. I put a lot of money into that stupid thing. It's a never-ending project, right? Yeah, but that's like, that's a good, that's a nice bike. It's a good bike to do it. It's a good era to do it. Yeah. But it's like constantly. Like, it's just, you're like, okay, how much is that? Okay, how much is that? But it's a Ducati, you know? Yeah. Um, so you hang on to it. It's nice, man. It's just like, it's, I've had, that's my first bike. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was the first thing that I ever bought, like bike-wise. Yeah. And I've always had it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you buy it new? It was used, one owner, 3,000 clicks on it. It's basically that's, brand new. Yeah, that's basically new. Basically brand new. The guy who bought it, he was like, he wanted something more powerful. So he, I don't even know what he ended up getting, but he, he returned it like within six months and then it was on the showroom and then I saw it and I was like, okay, deposit, took it, done. Nice. So it was funny. Recently, I just found some old pictures of it of the first year that I had it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's amazing how much different it looked then than it is now, right? Because now it's all black. Yeah. I just wanted it all black. Yeah, yeah. Simple. I didn't want any decals. I didn't want anything on it. Just simple, 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 right? So yeah, that's the way to go. I think like yeah, if you start getting it too fancy, it's like it's not a bike anymore. <laughs> Man, we veered off all over the place, Rob. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, what were we talking about? Drywall. Drywall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I quickly just tell the listeners about uh, what tools are you using? Like what knives? Most, what knives are you using? What 
The knives are just like, man, they're just like these no-name knives, to be honest. That's it? Can't even shill any, like, you know, nice company names. They're they're just really comfortable. They're light. They're like... They feather nice. They they handle nice. Yeah, they're... Yeah, yeah. They work well. They're just, like, red and black handle. Um, machines, I just use tape tech. Like okay. They're old machines, but they run well. They like, work. They work. Like, you just got to swap out the blades and, you know, sometimes the wheels or sometimes some of the bearings, but, like... Solid, solid tools. You got a fr- preference on mud brand or anything like that? No? Yeah, just CGC. CGC just like, like, yeah? CGC Red and, and Machine Mud for different applications. Uh, what I don't like what they did, and I hope somebody from CGC is listening, is they shrunk the plastic. So when you try to open it, it doesn't want to like... Spread open? Yeah, like the plastic doesn't like want to go over the, you know, the flaps of the, the cardboard. Seriously? So you're like stretching it out. It'll go eventually, but it's just... It just takes so much longer. So, so like they just shrunk the bag size for yeah. costs, or, or you know the environment. I don't know. They don't want like turtles snorting plastic. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I hope somebody from CGC is listening to that. Uh, CGC, yeah. yeah, USG or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah USG. Yeah. So they shrunk the plastic. Shrunk that. Um, yeah, and one thing I, I like I love is uh, fiber fuse. You've probably seen. Yeah, you and you work. I with love it. it. Yeah, I totally love exactly. it. Right easy like anybody can use that you use it all the time for all kinds of joints or you just using it for specific joints specific stuff or like because you can like code it right away yeah and you know if something gets missed it's like oh, okay let's like get this quick so metal, metal plastic corner bead uh i always use metal i always okay. use steel i know there's like the argument for for vinyl but like if you're doing a bulkhead vinyl's like man you're never going to get that straight because you're gluing and stapling and it's like it's going to snake around because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. but like with you know steel i can set up my laser and just like done it's beautiful maybe for stand-ups vinyl works but you know i, I think steel's fine like unless you know like i've se- you've seen the videos right yeah of like smashing it and stuff but who's doing that the same people that are moving furniture and hitting the corner, the reveal or corners just, or whatever. Or just like trim text reps rolling into your I, house. I don't know. Like, I just don't like, I don't like any of that. I'm, I'm a steel guy. But then again, I guess, when was the last time you did bull nose? Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there was like one job we did like, just like a bulkhead because it was so close to the stairs. Yeah. So, it's so like, it made sense. It's a nice little, you know, thing to have where it's like, you're not going to like, you know, crack your head open. Yeah. <laughs> so then you've got, I guess, the paper metal bull nose or you got the trim text plastic yeah. bull nose right but yeah. i mean in all fairness you got to fill up the back end because you'll if you hit it it'll depress right yeah and so there's all kinds of stuff everybody's like whatever works for you that's all i'm just trying to say whatever yeah. i've had plenty of drywall guys on the show it's like whatever works for you that's yeah. it you're the one that's doing the job and, and then you've got your skill test and, and all kinds of stuff and it's just like you don't need to listen to all the haters saying no you got to go completely plastic you got to go completely steel exactly whatever works for you man. whatever works for you you want you want a good result at the end you want the client to be happy Happy. and that's it yeah so all right let me do the 12 questions with you just want to share rob rosati here ra rosati drywall inc triple w rosati drywall.com and then uh 647-218-1168 rosati drywall at hotmail.com and on ig rosati drywall what is your favorite construction word um finished what's your least favorite construction word <laughs> starting <laughs> what turns you on in construction uh finish paint what turns you off in construction 
um, stepping over other trades. Well, they're not supposed to be there when you're there. Uh, Technically. Uh, well, you'd be surprised. I know. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, it's not politically correct, so I'll just say fuck. It's, well, you mean the one that you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? See you next door or see you next Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. I've had, I've had Irish people on here and they use it as a period, man. Like it's. Oh, that. Oh, no, no. It was, that's not that one. Oh, it's not that one. Okay. No, all right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Ferrari Testarossa. Oh. Yeah. And then from the oh, yeah. yeah, like they from eighty four to ninety two is a Testarossa, and then ninety two to ninety six it was the five twelve TR. They just yeah. rebranded it, yeah. Uh, white or red? Red, man. I know I, Miami Vice is white, right? It's white, but you know what though? The first time I ever saw a Testarossa in black, Oof. I just looked at it and I was like, "Fuck, that looks good." It's sharp, yeah. Like I, I get the whole Miami Vice thing, white. I get all that shit. Mm-hmm. It kind of made sense at that era. And then there's a classic Ferrari red. Yeah. But when I saw a Testarossa in black, I, I know. was just like, holy shit, that's nice. You know what, man? Like back like 10 years ago, they were going for, you can pick one up for like 80K. I heard about that. And now it's like 300. It's insane. Now they're making resurgence, right? And <sighs> I'm like going, it's actually, that car was always nice because that ass on that car was amazing. Yeah. Right? That just design and the gear on the side. Yeah. yeah. That's what I liked about it. Right? Tires, so. What's your least favorite vehicle? Least favorite? Uh... Probably just Pontiac. I don't know Pontiac Aztec, I guess, or fucking PT Cruiser, whatever. You know. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, I, I I knew these questions, but I didn't think of it. Uh, what do I like? Um, construction sound or noise do you love? I don't know. Just sanding, I think. <laughs> Soothing, huh? Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Wet saws. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Oh, you know what it is. Yeah, totally. Flying, piloting. I, I wish all the best, man. Seriously, <laughs> love to go back up. Not, not the fucking aerobatic shit. Yeah, no we're going to do that. I'll throw up, man. I'll throw up. Seriously. I'm not going to tell you, though. I'll we're, throw we're up. Do it. I will throw I'll have a huge meal. <laughs> <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? What profession would I not like to do? Uh, probably firefighting. It's a tough one. Yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, here's your nonna. Here's your dogs. And, and I mean, hopefully the rest of my family. But yeah, just my nonna mostly. Nice. Yeah. Nice, man. Rob, pleasure to have you on the show, man. Yeah, man. Finally. Thanks again. It was, it, bro. it was an honor. And yeah, uh, thanks, like, man. no, I love, I love talking to you, man. It's always, a good, <laughs> it's always a good talk, you know. I had a nice, like, like. Uh, earlier this week it was weird it caught me off guard and daniel from junk uh, junk out uh i've known him since my early days like like yourself i've known a lot of you guys since my early days of construction he was actually just reaching out just to shoot the shit he was like hey how's it going right and we got talking for a little bit and he's like listen we should get together it's been a while since i've seen you know so the shit he goes like like to talk take you out for lunch or whatever he goes i actually like talking to you and i'm like yeah why are so many people telling me that they like talking to me, man? No, you're a good guy to talk to, man. No, Thanks, you got, man. You got a lot of, like, you got a good worldview. I think you've got a lot of experience in, like, you know, different different aspects of life. And, Thanks, man. Yeah, you know. I'm just, I guess I'm older, wiser, been through, leathered. <laughs> leathered. <laughs> I'm leathered, right? Leathered and weathered. Weathered and leathered, but it's just, it comes with it. But, yeah, all kinds of shit's going on, right? So yeah. it's just like you just roll with it. That's all it is. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I got to find what you find up in the skies. That's what I got to find. That's all it is. I think, you, I think you have, man. It seems like, 
Like, I think you found your passion. You I'm know? comfortable here. I'm totally comfortable here, right? So yeah, yeah. I like what we're doing and, and it's fun and I enjoy it. I love meeting new people and talking old people and just uh, the industry. That's all it is, man. Simple it's, as that. It's a great intersection. Like you got yeah. media and construction and it's like. That's it. Yeah. Like since I've known you, that's. That's Those are the two things. Exactly. I got a third going on, but we'll see what happens, man. So yeah, yeah. thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Manny. All right, we're out of here, man. Thanks, Angelina.